Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, actually, and welcome to the Mojo Sports Show. I am your host, Mr. Mojo, taking you to the world of sports today on this rainy, crappy Saturday morning. Today, we got a treat for you. I got my co-host for the day, Nick Russo, the contest winner. Welcome aboard, Nick. Hey, thank you for having me on the show. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Great to have you on today. We got a great show lined up today, and... uh we're going, to, we're going to definitely do a lot of baseball early on in the show. We're going to be doing a lot of Mets, Yankees, and the rest of the league, going around the league. and uh, So it'll be very exciting early on. And uh, I know you're a big Mets fan, Nick, as well, right? Yep, big Mets fan since I was born. Great. So, we're going to, yeah, we're going to be going over a lot of Mets stuff. And, you know, on this show, there's definitely some, uh, you know, I, I, we're all Mets fans. I'm a Mets fan, obviously, and I get a lot of Mets fan callers, but, We'll definitely uh, tell it like it is when it comes to them, especially their training staff. So we'll definitely get into that in a couple of minutes. But just want to give everybody a quick preview of the rest of the show as well. So late Barter will also be doing some NBA and NHL playoffs after 12 o'clock. I'm going to have Mr. Berger and Gene Cherry coming on to do the hockey report, the playoff report, and obviously talk about the Rangers' tough series loss to Ottawa. We'll be getting into that later. We're going to be doing some NBA we're going to talk about the Celtic Wizard game from yesterday and then preview the Western Conference Finals and preview tomorrow's Game 7 with Boston and Washington in Boston. And then uh, also going to do some football later in the show and, uh, you know, whatever else everybody wants to talk about. As always, the lines are open, 718-508-9883. But we're going to start off with my man here, Nick. And, Nick, so tell me a little about yourself. I know you. this is something you always liked, wanted to do, correct? Yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a currently a uh, bachelor's student at East Stroudsburg University in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, typical, basic, state school, Division II. Uh, I'm part of 90.3 WESS radio station. Um, I've been on the radio station over there for about four years now. I'm going to be a super senior, so I've been there for a little bit. Um, I've served a couple awesome. positions on the, on the board. Um, nothing super, super... Super, super leadership wise within West Radio, but um, I also have a couple of other leadership experiences through, through things such as Student Senate and Greek Life. I'm pretty active on the campus, and um, the radio station is always in my home over there. I'm trying to do something within keep up the public relations or broadcasting field after I graduate with a communications degree. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, so you got it all lined up. You got a lot going on over there. 
Yeah, there's a lot going on over there, especially during the semester. Um, but I enjoy my long summers from early May to late August, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, we wish you the best of luck, obviously, in the future, and I'm very happy that you, you have you. Uh, come come on today to join us and uh, course, you know, talk some. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're very welcome. And you know, I know your uncle for many years. I, uh, you know, we grew up in the same neighborhood. You know, when we were kids, I've been talking 30, 35 years ago. I knew your uncle, okay. so that's okay. uh, it's it's pretty cool. Very a great guy. He's a very great guy, Anthony. Yeah, I love so, uh, him. <laughs> yeah, when he uh, he told me that you entered, I'm like, oh, cool, you know. And then sure enough, my wife pulled the names out of the hat, and there there was your name. So it worked out perfectly, right? Yep, per- to me anyway. I I'm, I love it. So <laughs> I'm all about awesome. coming on and talking Mets. There, there we go. And let's let's talk Mets. So right yeah, now, okay. obviously, the state of the Mets is in, is is pretty much in disarray. I mean, the injuries are just killing this team right now. And, uh, you know, obviously Harvey came back last night. He didn't pitch particularly great. He didn't pitch bad. I think Collins definitely left him in too long last night. And uh, But now the whole news was familiar to go along with, obviously, Cespedes and Syndergaard. So it's just been like one after the next with this team. What do you think? I can agree with that. I think he goes from before that with Cespedes um, when, he, when I believe it was the lat injury. Um, yeah. Once he went down, immediately this team's hopes for contention kind of went, kind of paused, and we hope, we hope as a fan base that they can keep it going for a little bit. Um, from my opinion, um, I, I think, like I said, it all started with Cespedes' injury, and then we lose, uh, we lose Thor and Noah Syndergaard to that 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 big injury right there, and we don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. I believe it was rumored eight weeks, but you never know with these. Reports, unfortunately, um, and then, and, and then of course, like you just said, Matt Harvey then gets blown up last night after the whole controversial thing with with supermodels and 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 all that. So there's a lot of things going on with this team, like you said, that kind of makes us worry, um, especially this early in the season. However, they're only two games under 500, so we can still hope for the best. That you know that that, it's, that they can kind of have that 500 record for a little bit, and then when we hope when these big-name players come or if they make some kind of crazy trade deadline acquisition, depending on the record, we hope that one of these guys can come in and help the team out. But at the moment, things aren't looking too bright, regardless of the fact that we're second in the NL East. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know what it is? I mean, obviously the test for his injury, the hamstring, it happened. You know, the, trouble thing, the troublesome thing to me is these injuries could have been avoided. As, you know, Cespedes, Cespedes was swinging in the cage the day of the injury, grabbing his hamstring in batting practice, yet they still put him out there that day, and then he, then he you know, tore it. And then the same thing with Syndergaard. I mean, the guy refused an MRI. The team shouldn't have let him pitch without the MRI. And, you know, they, they rushed him out. You know, he went out there without sitting out. He could have sat out a couple of weeks. This probably could have been avoided. And now, you know, we might not get him back probably until after the All-Star break we're looking at. Now, exactly. To your point. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if Collins has rest his guys, like you mentioned at the beginning of the segment, properly, then there'd be not all these issues. Yeah. 
I mean, the Cespedes, you, you could have put Cespedes on the DL when it first happened, and he would have been back two weeks later, and everything would have, he probably would have been fine and playing now. Now, the good news is Cespedes is starting to do baseball activities, and, he, and he's, they're saying he could be back possibly by the end of this month, which would be a big boost to the team. Syndergaard, obviously, we're going to have to wait a while, and now Familia is probably out for the year after the surgery yesterday, and that's unfortunate, you know, the blood clot issue with, with Familia. And uh, so, I mean, I, I agree with you. The team needs to tread water and hang around 500 for a while, and then hopefully they can get guys back and make a run. I mean, nobody's running away in the wild card in the NL. It's all pretty much – I mean, the Mets are only like a game and a half out of the wild card. So it ain't like they're seven games out already of the wild card. And, you know, so, you know. So, yeah, that whole mathematical equation over there trying to handle the NL wild card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a long way to go before you even start looking at that because there's so many teams lumped in there. It's like, you know, you can't even really look at that right now. But, yeah, you know, I just – May. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I just worry that the pitch – I mean, the pitching's supposed to be the strength of the team, and here we are. I mean, it's, they're the second-worst ERA in the league. I mean, they were supposed to be top-five ERA in the league, and they're the second-worst yep. starting pitching ERA in the league. So – you know, obviously, we don't know when Matt's is coming back. It's another guy they need, you know. And so, if they could get Matt's back, if Harvey could get himself right, you know, we know DeGrom will be fine. You know, if Harvey can get himself right and Matt can come back and maybe Giselle, maybe Lugo comes back and him or Giselle can pitch somewhat like they did last year at the end of the year, then maybe they can make a run. They're hitting fine right now. Even without Cespedes, they've been scoring runs. You know, how long oh, it yeah. lasted, I don't know. But they are scoring runs. I think, said, I think we, it, we I, have that unusual issue. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. You know, last year they had issues too, and you know, with injuries. And you know, you got to start at some point. You got to start looking at, at, their, at their medical staff. I mean, how are all these guys getting hurt every year? What are they doing? Oh, I agree. Today? You know, there has to be something going on there. Like, it, it just can't be a coincidence that these guys all just keep getting hurt like this. Yeah, I agree. Um, perhaps there's something within medical staff. Perhaps it, the medical staff is clearing the fact that they can move, and then Collins is taking that as, hey, these guys are good to go out there tonight. It just kind of bothered him in you know, batting practice. But meanwhile, the guy would have been hurt, could have taken a week to himself, and then especially with that 10-day DL, time 15 days anymore, he could have been right back on the field 10 games later. Um so, yeah. I mean, Collins could, it could be Collins, it could be the medical staff. Unfortunately, they will be able to pinpoint exactly where the issue could be coming from. But it is apparent that something is going on where multiple pitchers and hitters are now getting hurt in the first, what are we, in the first month and a half of baseball, and all of a sudden yeah. most of these stars from the Mets team is hurt. The Mets came in with seven seven starting pitchers, and now they're looking for – a number five guy in case someone else goes down. Uh, you know, that was the whole reason why they didn't bring Bartolo Colon back because they thought that between the dominant four of Thor, Harvey, DeGrom, and um, and Steven Matz, they thought that that would have been enough and that fifth spot could have just filled in between Wheeler, Lugo, and Zellman, like you mentioned. But all of a sudden we're in a position where Lugo's gone and Thor's hurt for a while. Harvey's either shaken up emotionally or physically. We can't tell yet because of all these crazy reports about Adriana Lima. 
I don't know how true that, yeah. that is, but you, you you never know with 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 sports nowadays. Um, so there's a lot of things going on, like you said, within that rotation where there shouldn't be an issue going into the season. Not a month and a half ago, we had seven healthy starters ready to go go and play every day to the point where they would have been great bench pieces. Yeah, and you know, I was one of the ones in the off season that said. As much as I love Cologne, you couldn't pay the guy thirteen million or whatever he got because you had enough pitching. It made no sense to give thirteen million to him when you had sense. And you know he didn't come here because he wasn't he didn't stay here because he wasn't guaranteed a rotation spot. He wanted to be in a, you know starting rotation. But now I kind of wish we kept Cologne, even though he ain't pitching great for Atlanta. It don't mean he would have been pitching good here because he was comfortable here. But you know. Now you kind of wish we had Cologne still, right? Now, you know, yeah, and just that better presence. Especially pulling the you know? pitch for us, I was having to choose something ERA. You know, he might have told Syndergaard to get that MRI. Maybe Syndergaard would have listened to him. You know, he texted Harvey after this whole thing this week. So you know, his heart is still over here, and I would be surprised. Knowing the Mets with the Braves the last couple of years, trading for Kelly Johnson two years in a row, wouldn't shock me if the Braves fall out and the Mets get Cologne back either. It really wouldn't shock me. Oh, yeah, especially because the Rays are, like you said, a complete rebuild rotation to the fact that they signed two very, very veteran starters in R.I. Dickey and Portola in the offseason to just kind of be like a middle ground between now and their prospects. So you're right. There's a good chance you could see something like that, especially if the team still needs pitching by the closer to the deadline. I wouldn't think they're going to do it the way. But I think the Mets should really be interested in him because that doesn't just help them on the field and from a fan standpoint. That also helps them from a mental standpoint in that clubhouse. Hey, Bartolo's back. We can go rely on him. He played like a real uh, mature, uh, older brother-like-ish um, part in that clubhouse. So it would, be, it would be cool to see if he came back and help them get their head straight if anything else. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves Cologne in that clubhouse. I mean, that's, 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 you know, without saying, you know, how, how popular he was. And they were all upset when he left. But, you know, again, we had a lot of pitching, we thought, going into the season, you know, and we, you know, younger pitching, and we didn't think we, you know, needed. The problem is you're counting on – the thing I didn't like that they did was in the off season they didn't sign one free agent from another team in the match to try to, like, get themselves yep. better. They just basically said, we're going to bring everybody back and everybody's going to be healthy this year. You can't assume that. That's a tough assumption to make. So I think Sandy really dropped the ball there as far as that goes. Oh, I agree. You know, so. I couldn't so, agree more. So, um, Sandy's always been very, very, I don't know if reluctant is the word to use here, um, to sign free agents, but this has always been a trend. I, um, he kind of only broke with the Cespedes deal with the Tigers a couple of years ago. For um, so, so I mean, Fulmer, only yeah. hope that if and they're Fulmer's playing well, into a great pitcher. Oh yeah. And the funny thing is, the Tigers probably would have took Wheeler or Max instead of Fulmer, and I kind of wish now we did that and had Fulmer because of the way Fulmer looks. But, yeah, especially the way he's been know. playing in Detroit. Listen, Sandy's made the moves at the deadline. He got Cespedes two years ago. He got Bruce last year. But in the offseason, and listen, it may not always be Sandy. It could be that he just don't have the money to spend. I mean, it's always about money with the Mets. It just seems like it's always something. You know, to me, they should have signed Matt Leaders in the offseason. As a catcher, I was saying it all, all offseason. 
and, you know, that Matt Wieders should have been signed. I mean, I would have loved to have him at catcher right now. And, and, and they, uh, you know, obviously they went with Darno again, and Darno again is hurt, as always. And, you know, so as always. It, it, it's just tough. I, I just think money, you know, same thing with, like, they have holes, they have injuries, and they won't call up Dominic Smith or Rosario. They're two top prospects because they don't want that extra year of arbitration. It just seems like it's always about money with them. Yeah. You know, and, and, that's, and the, that's the frustrating part as a Mets fan. The thing is, if you're not close to that, like you said, that arbitration super two date, there's no point in trying to be like, oh, we're going to wait a month and a half to call Rosario up so we don't have to pay him. If there was a week exactly. or a few days where you needed it, then you eat the bullet in the seven games. But if there is this much time left between now and the super two date, there shouldn't be a question. And I get it. It's, oh, we'll keep have him another season while he's a star. And I get the mentality behind it, but Right now, we are in the year 2017 in the middle of what could be considered a playoff run. If we lose another middle infielder, there's no reason why this prospect shouldn't get a shot over making a trade deadline acquisition. I agree. And, you know, when Cabrera is moving around like he's 50 years old, and, you know, if he goes down, you know, that there's no excuse not to call this kid up at this point. There's none at all, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, not like you're going to make a trade for Howie Kendrick or, or a player similar to those nature. It's not going to take a base in the middle infield role. There's no point in that when you have this top prospect in your farm system just doing nothing that way. So it's, I agree. I, I think that, like you said, the arbitration thing is a joke. I also don't sign million-dollar checks, so I can't really complain to a certain extent. But at the same time, it's, if the team needs help and it's there, they why, why wait a month and a half just to wait for an extra year on the contract? Hey, listen, when you own a sports team, you know you're cutting million-dollar checks, so that can't be the issue, you know? Or you exactly, shouldn't, Or exactly. they shouldn't have a team, you know? So, but let, let's talk about the Harvey situation now. Obviously, it's been a rough week for Matt Harvey, as we know, and, uh, you know, he came back yesterday. I'm one of the fans that's saying, all right, everybody, it's time to move on. He made a mistake. We know he's, whatever, he screwed up. Obviously, you don't not show up to work. No matter what job you do, you got to show up to work. But uh, it's like time to move now. on. <laughs> you know, if, if they were playing bad, if they were playing great, this would have passed easy. It's the fact that they're playing so bad and this happened is that why it's made such a big deal as it is. And yeah. you know, fans when when t- things go bad, fans fans go after anything. You know, like the slightest thing the fans are going to go after. Obviously, this is a big deal. He didn't show up to work, but I'm saying even I've heard even this week on uh, like just listening to WFAN and stuff, Yankee fans questioned Girardi's moves the last two days. Like the Yankees have been playing great baseball. How can any Yankee fan question a couple of moves? I get him questioning why they sent Ellsbury home home on that single the other day. I'm like, are these these people crazy? Like that everybody 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 thinks they're the you know armchair GM or or manager all the time. And certain things, listen, if certain people are doing bad jobs, like me, I'm not a big Terry Collins guy. I don't think Collins is a great manager at all. I've been very vocal about it on the show. I'm not a big Collins guy at all. But to, to say Girardi is a bad manager because they blew two games, I mean, they lost two games, they didn't even blow them, and then to say they should have never sent the guy from third or they should have pinched it, like, are they kidding me? The Yankees are playing, exceeding all expectations the first month of the season, you know? 
No, yeah, I agree with you. So, I think it will. Well, well, I I didn't have. I personally didn't catch those Yankee games, so I don't know the specifics. But I'd imagine, yeah, everything these people are saying is correct. But at the same time, let's think realistically. You're not going to win 162 games in a season. You're going to lose a few. Exactly. You can't win every game. And, and especially uh, when the club is being led by rookies and, you know, technically soft, sophomores as a, as a Yankees team led by to the talent that they have, this is unheard of. We're used to the veteran power players coming in, signing $250 million contracts and winning championships in, with the Yankees. Not players like yeah. Aaron Judge, Sanchez, Luis um, Cervano coming in here from homegrown farm system that the Yankees have been denying trades while they were prospects for three years to see what they could really do when they come here in their first real season and they're doing it. Uh, at one point, Aaron Judge was leading the league at home runs. I'm pretty sure if he's not still doing that, he's close to it. Um, Cervano's been pitching dominant ball. And Sanchez had that in- injury early on, but, you know, from my understanding, he's doing fine since coming back. Um, what you're saying with this Yankee team, that Joe Girardi has essentially been a great captain for it all because he was with them when in with Jeter. He was with them when they had that weird year when they when they were losing, but they did good at the end, enough to move them up a few spots. And then he was with them last season when Gary Sanchez had those 20 home runs in 63 games. Um, Girardi, I, I, I happen to agree with you. There's no point in, in nitpicking his decisions when the club is yeah, they're technically in second place in the East, but that's because the only other team with a better record than them is above them in the East. So it's, you can only nitpick so much, especially when the club is winning so much. Yeah. I mean, the other night, basically what happened, it was second and third, two out in the ninth. They were down two runs, right? And uh, yep. Gary Sanchez was up. He singled to left field. So And Ellsbury was on second, who's probably the fastest guy, right? Yeah, they sent him home the left field and made a perfect throw. He was playing shallow, and he and he got him out at the plate. It was a bang bang play at the plate. It was just a perfect throw. If it wasn't a perfect throw, he would have been safe. And There's nothing to question yet. situation? Do you, do you, do you tell the guy to keep going home and rely on the outfield to make a mistake, or do you remember that he has a major league outfield like throwing a ball from from you know from not so deep? It's really it's. It's how the call looks. Well, it's a two-second decision that needs to be made in three seconds. Exactly. And, you know, and then I even heard them criticize on the Sunday night game that they beat the Cubs, but they in the ninth inning, that uh, Chapman, you know, blew the game. He gave up a few runs in the ninth inning. And I hear them going, well, if Chapman didn't have it, you got to take him out. No, you paid the guy $80 million to close games. You're not taking him out of the game in the middle of a ninth inning. Hey, <laughs> and yeah, I don't I let him – if he fails, let him fail. If he succeeds, let him succeed. You're going to give him that he's money. Gonna, for he's going to stay the majority of those games, you know. Everybody yeah. blows a game once in a while. It's going to happen. All right, we're going to hit, we're going to hit the phone line. We've got a phone call. We're going to get a caller in with us right now. And I know, I, know, I know this person wants to talk about the Yankees right now. Christine from Pine Bush, what's going on? What's going on? Yankees. We got one of those Yankee fans on now, Nick. That's right. Okay. I don't have an issue with Yankee fans. Yankees. So Chris, Yankees. what do you think about that the other night, you know, with people saying they should have sent Ellsbury home? I think that's ridiculous, personally. 
I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. It is what it is, but, you know, Girardi is, you know, a winning coach. I mean, he has the rings to prove it, you know what I'm saying? So, whatever, he, it's his call, and that's it. It, 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 that but it, even, it wasn't even his call. It wasn't even his call. It was the third base's call at that point. It's not Girardi's call. When it, when it bang, bang, plays going on, Girardi ain't signaling the guy to round third. It's the third base coach at that well, point. Well, whatever you know? the case is, it doesn't define how good the Yankees are playing right now. And I have to touch on something you said. Whoever said that Brett Gardner should be out of the city is a moron in my opinion. How do you yeah, I heard that too. Like, I heard look, people rage on until he got hot. Nobody's saying anything now because he's been hot the last two weeks. But two weeks ago, they were running him out of the city. Just, not just even this past this season now. If you look back a couple seasons, Brett Garnett comes up with the big hit. He's fast. He's always on base. You know, you. I think he's a big asset to the team. If they got rid of him, I, I would be upset. I you need veterans. Guy. The Yankees got such a young team. They need veterans. And guys like Gardner, Ellsbury, you know, these guys are a good veteran. Holiday was a great signing for them, a great veteran guy in the clubhouse to have. And, listen, the Yankees are exceeding all expectations this year. The, the rebuild has moved faster than anybody could have thought. So any Yankee fan complaining about a couple of losses is just, is, is, to me, is ridiculous. I mean, the Yankees are well ahead of the curve right now. They should be ecstatic the way the Yankees are right now, you know? Exactly. Yankees are playing great ball, and you can't win them all, you know? That's it. You it's not. Nobody, like, like Nick just said, nobody's winning 160 games. You're going to lose. Everybody's losing mostly at least six, 70 games around. And that's if you have a great year, 70, 75, 70 games. And that's on the best year, you know what I mean? Right. So right. everybody's going to lose games. I mean, just to, to, to start nitpicking when they lose a couple of games is stupid. It really is. You know, so. I, I, I think all fans and all teams are the same way. You get frustrated. You know, I feel like the Yankees are playing good, and I wouldn't change anything. Right now I would leave the dynamic the way it is, switch the guys in and out, and whatever works. You know, when you start having a problem, then you worry about it. Right now there is no problem. I mean, they're half a game out of first place. You know, what's the problem? They're playing X. I mean, nobody expected them to be this good this year. So, you know, I'm a diehard fan for 35 years, 40 years. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like they're, they're going to they're gonna do good this season, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm like, I, when they're yeah, not no. on, I get like the game, that. Listen, you know? you're in the – you couldn't ask for a better start than you got right now. You know, right. you just can't. So enjoy it. Instead of people nitpicking everything, enjoy it. It could be worse. You could be in the Mets situation right now with your whole team on the DL, right? So, you know. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. And I'm really happy with what I'm seeing. And, you know, I'm enjoying watching it. And, and Yeah. And Brett Gardner, he's the man. I, I would not get if they ever got rid of him, I would I would probably be so upset. Like he he's well, always well, on he's base. A free he's agent very fast. So he may they may not sign him next year because he's a free agent, but you know to this year well, you, know, you definitely want to keep we'll him around. We'll cross that bridge so. when we get to it. I, I don't see them letting him go, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for now, the, and if you look, and like I said, not only this year, 
the last few years. He's big clutch. I mean, he always comes up with a big hit. He's quick. He's stealing bases. You know, he's on base, and he's at the beginning of the lineup where you want him to get everybody else going. Yeah, so you I'm, need that table set up. I mean, I personally like Gardner. I think it's kind of cool how he's kind of not exactly your typical veteran like Matt Holiday, but he's been around so long where he's considered a veteran in that clubhouse. So I think that's a unique element that they have with all those, they consider the quote-unquote baby bombers and the judges and the Sanchez's of the team. So it's kind of cool to see Gardner on the team, especially because in the last couple of years he's had that, that power stroke um, increase by a lot. There's a point where he was stealing 30 games or 30 bags a season and only getting like five home runs, and he's kind of up both those numbers. So right. as long as is healthy and actually making contact, I know there's sometimes an issue with him with actually hitting the ball. He'll get a bunch of walks and steal a bunch of bases, but average-wise, he's always around like 263 average or whatever or something like that. So as long as he continues to hit the ball, he should be perfectly fine as a table setter over there because he's usually getting, like you said, usually getting on base regardless if it's um, right. if he's it's like that or not. Something, yeah. And then he's stealing, you know. And honestly, you and that home run he hit against the Cubs. That home running it against the Cubs with two out in the ninth inning. I mean, a couple in the last week was huge. Two strikes, yeah. two out, you know? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If you look at the last maybe five or six games, well, let's say ten games, he's got, I, I believe, at least five home runs. Well, close to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He got two home yeah. runs in one game. Like, so, yeah, he, 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 plays, he plays really well. Whoever says that is just Clueless, man. I don't, I don't get it. It's the Monday morning quarterbacks, as they say. When a guy's doing bad, they want to run him out of town. And as soon as he gets hot, they, they love him again. Exactly. So, it's always like that. So, got very passionate fans. It's going to be like that, regardless of the club and regardless of the players. Fortunately, that's just how it is when you're when you're under the, you know most, the brightest lights in the world. Right, New York. Yeah, that's true. Even football, uh, basketball, that's the way it is, is you're right. Okay, no, well, exactly. the fair weather fans, as they say. Yeah, well, I guess every team like has that, that though, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. All right. So I just well, thank you for calling. Yankees. Okay. They got rained out. You guys have a good so, you know, weekend. Today's game's, today's game's rained out. It's rain that I wonder if tomorrow they're doing that special. They got a double header tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, they made it today. Yeah, they called. They made oh, it day rain. night double header tomorrow. And tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow day night double header tomorrow. But it's supposed to rain. Well, it's supposed to stop tonight, so I don't think I think there's chance they'll get them in tomorrow. The major league, mm-hmm. major league ground crew, they'll get the field ready in time. All right. Okay. Well, well thanks for calling. It's always. Mother's Day for all your moms and wives. Thank you. You too. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Have a good, good day, Have a good guys. Day, Chris. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Christine from Pine Bush calling in. We're gonna stay with the phone line. My man Dudu Brown. What's up, Dudu? Hey, what's up, fellas? How's it going, going on? 
All right, man. Just want to talk a little Yankee baseball. I want to piggyback on your, what you guys were talking about. Listen, any uh, Yankee fan who doesn't like Brett Gardner, I mean, come on. The, the guy's everything you can want in a Yankee. He's homegrown. He's a diehard player, great clubhouse guy. He hustles. I mean, what do you want from this guy? I mean, what more can yeah, this guy no, do? You're right. Yeah, you know, you're right. And he's the perfect guy, the perfect guy you could have around a young crop of prospects like they have now. And the Yankees haven't been this exciting in years. I mean, we're playing with yeah. house money right now. This team, and you've always it, been it, one it, of the guys that said you didn't like the big name free agents. You want to go? With I don't. Them. You know you've me. I, I'm all for yeah, you've always said it. Yes. Yeah, and let me tell you something. As a Yankee fan, and I can't speak for all Yankee fans, but I speak for a lot of us. We're re-energized. When I tell you watching this team, it's so much fun again. And I, I can give you an example. The other night, watching them play against the Astros. All right, Keuchel, Dallas Keuchel, who owns the Yankees, we all know by now. But uh, yeah. when I saw Beltran and McCann getting up back to back, I'm like, thank God I don't have to watch these guys play anymore. And not a yeah. knock on the two of them. They were both really good players for us. You know what I mean? But it's just like a whole fresh new look. Like, hey, Yankee fans, sit back. Enjoy the ride, man. Let's have some fun. Yeah, stop stop right. complaining. And, and, and Girardi, this guy's a great manager. You know, for years, I, I can't tell you how many Yankee fans I've seen. Like, they get on this guy. Like, listen, if you watch any manager long enough, and even same thing goes for Met fans who complain about Collins. You watch any Met, Yankee, I'm sorry, any manager long enough, you're going to say they micromanage, they overmanage. Yeah, well, you're watching the team every day. You're going to pick up on things here and there. But, that you, you know, they play 162 games, people. And that play... I'm sorry, where Ellsbury went, what was he supposed to do? He, he's a speedster on second. Of course he's going to go for it. If he's safe, nobody's saying nothing. You know what I mean? And if Girardi has the chance, he'd do the same thing today. Yeah, no. You know, that, it was a bang, bang you play. Can't even he question. Yeah, you can't even question yeah. that. I mean, that's just stupid. He got nailed. Sometimes it happens. You know, the guy made a great play, and he got him. What are you going to do? You know, we're a half a game out of first right now. No one saw this. Enjoy it, man. Exactly. Have some fun. Exactly. Yeah, you exactly. Know. And, you know, like you were I mean, just saying about know. Houston, about McCann and uh, Beltran on Houston. And now, the Houston is a good fit because they're all young and they got the two veterans in there. Right, now right, right. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like the Yankees get Matt Holiday, you know, it's like exactly. that. Exactly, you know? that's their version of it. Right, exactly. Whereas yeah, exactly. when they were on our team, it was old. It was, it, listen, before the Yankee youth movement, let's face it, they were stale. You know what I mean? They had a, oh, yeah. they had a lot of names on the team, you know, professional hitters, borderline Hall of Famers. Some guys are Hall of Famers, but it was stale. And I'm, and I'm saying as a fan watching it, I remember Teixeira, Beltran, McCann, who you know I wanted, and you know me, I'm not for the big name free agent, but he's one of the one guys I did want. But after a while, yeah. it was just stale. Like, it was just so boring. And, and yeah. they weren't even a terrible team, and they were boring. I mean – when I tell you, and you know, I'm a pre-Dynasty Yankee fan. See, most of the Yankee fans that are complaining, they're post-Dynasty. These are the guys who are probably in their 20s, early 30s, who knew nothing but the Yankees winning World Series. So the minute they don't see something they like, they bitch, moan, and cry. But if you remember yeah. the Yankees before they were good, you know, you might appreciate things a little more. And when I tell you, even some of the teams before the Yankees were good were more exciting than those Beltran, Teixeira teams, and A-Rod. It was just... Uh, you know, I was tired of A-Rod. I was tired of Teixeira. We got, like, new life right now. I mean, come on. This guy, Aaron Judge, he's just amazing. I mean, this guy, 
he's so much fun to watch. I mean, I, I don't remember, you know, this much excitement of a rookie since Jeter. And, you know, he's a different kind of rookie. You know, this guy hits bombs. I mean, everything you can like yeah. about a guy. I mean, just enjoy the ride, man. Stop complaining. Turn on the damn game and have some fun. And like you said, it could be worse. We could be the mess where everybody's on the DL. <laughs> you know what I'm I know. saying? So, you know, well, that just, seems just, there's a snake that all Yeah, days, listen, you know, listen, around. you know, everybody's pointing fingers. They're training staff. You listen, injuries happen. That's just sport, man. It don't, it could be football, baseball. Guys get hurt. You know, I, I don't know that it's anybody's fault. It's just, just sports. I think you know, sometimes people get hurt. Training. There's so many, there's so many misdiagnoses with the match. That's, kind of a mess problem. They say it's his ankle. Meanwhile, it's his knee. It's his, you know, they say it's his, his shoulder. It's his elbow. They they never get it right. I mean, it goes back even with Beltran. No, no, I mean, no. I know, no. Remember, they, Beltran went to his own doctor. He didn't even go to the message, and the message made a big deal about it. Because Beltran didn't even want to yeah, use the Yeah, didn't they have a problem with Johan Santana, too, if I'm right? Like one, yeah, two, like yeah, mix. yeah, with Santana, you, too. You know yeah. what? They Listen, you're right. They do have a track record of this, but at the same time, Unfortunately, because of their bad track record, they're always going to be blamed when sometimes maybe it's not their fault. Sometimes guys just get hurt. But the one thing I would have a problem with, with Syndergaard, they said he talked them out of an MRI. I am sorry. You never let anybody talk you out of an MRI. Yeah. If you, you don't, don't want to do it, don't tell sorry. you're pitching until you get it. You're not yeah, pitching exactly. until you get it. Exactly. You know, you're, you're way too valuable. I mean, listen, you know, these guys have MRI machines in their own facilities, so it's not like it's an inconvenience to send somebody for an MRI. It's, it's not like a regular person like when me and you, we got to take a day off of work, go to a doctor. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? This guy could get on an elevator, go downstairs, and go right into the MRI machine. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, you know. I know. You know that that's silly. I think, but you know, injuries do happen, though. You know, that's just sports, and unfortunately for them, you know, familiar. They're, they're just getting hammered right now. You know, and yeah. But the it's one good one thing on their night. side, it is. But the one good thing on their side, at least this is happening in May. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if this was in August, you know, all right, you know what? Then you could say they're, they're screwed. But you know what? There's enough time here. You know what I mean? And they, they they're still good enough to turn water. it around. Well, they they do. keep their they head do. above water until guys start coming back, right? Yeah, and you know what? If they could stay above water and these guys come back, those are like trade deadline moves. You know, you add in the Cespedes now. You add in the Syndergaard. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know. I think part of the problem is that, I mean, their pitching was supposed to be so deep, and yet right now it's as thin as it can be with all the injuries, you know? Hey, you ever hear the old cliche? Never enough pitching, right? I mean, there's, there's a reason for that cliche. Situation? What do you think of Harvey? Well, you situation? know what I think about Harvey. I can't stand the guy. He, he The guy's a, an idiot. He's a diva. It's a shame because he's got talent. But, you know, early on when he was posing with his clothes off, right there you knew where this guy was going. You're like, all right, guy, you know what? <laughs> you, you know, you, you're not even that big of a star yet. Take it easy. You know, and then he had that whole dilemma. You remember with the innings with his agent? When was that? A couple of years ago? Yeah, well, I remember. Yeah, he went to the World Series, and then he pitched. He ended up pitching a lot more into the, into the postseason. And now they're blaming that for his injuries, that he pitched too much that year. But what's he supposed to do? He's a pitcher. That's his job. Yeah. (laughs) And when you're a contender, no less. I mean, I could see the team was out of it. Oh, why the hell did they pitch this guy? You know, that was stupid. They They were in it. What are they supposed to do? And at the time, he was their best pitcher. Obviously, they're going to make a pitch. You know what I mean? But I think, you know, he ain't got his head screwed on, this guy. You know, I think he's immature. You know, listen, you know, it's easy for us to say, but when you're young, and you're in New York City, and you get all that thrown at you at once, fame, fortune, and all that. You know, it's pro- and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, come on. You know, listen, 
it's you know I could see why a guy would get wrapped up in that. You know what I mean? It's easy for us to say, you know, we live humble lives, but you know, you have all that thrown at you. It could be a distraction, and I think it is for him. And to be honest with you, I mean, I don't know what the Mets can get for him or what. You know, I I think it's time to turn the page on Harvey because they can't just, trade him now. Though. They need him. They, no, they, they're, they're really probably can. not going to get nothing for him, right? But yeah, and you're going to get plenty of dollars there. But I got to right. say and they're one banged thing, up. Nick. Yeah. Nick. Yeah, I'm still here. Just listening. I, I got to say one thing. I'm sure you. I wonder what you think about this. I don't think Harvey's been the same pitcher since he walked off that mound in that World Series game. When he pitched no, his he heart out You're that right. night. And he pitched his heart out that night. And it's unfortunate that dude threw the ball away and all that stuff. And Colin did leave it's, him in too I think he left night. his heart on the mound that day. <laughs> and I really do. I think he left I, it I all mean, on that mound. Yeah, you, yeah. you can definitely definitely can, can say that. Um, we're coming at about a year and a half mark since that game. Um, you can only imagine what's been going on with him. With last year, he had to have the surgery to get the hand realigned because it was shaking on its own. You know, then you like you know, like you said, the whole lifestyle of living in the city and then making a little bit of money, being able to sure. do your thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm sure dating the supermodels, you know, while I'm sure as fun as it's got to be, um, there's still got to be an extra layer to there. Imagine, a, you know, a relationship with a normal person and add on the fact that everybody's talking about it. Um, yeah, right. No, yeah, that's, so, you know, yeah, everybody knows so your business totally. Business, you know, while business should be business and personal should be personal, I unfortunately we're in an era where, you know, sports stars are considered the same thing as rock stars. Um where they're always being going to be in in the media and the light for if they make a little comment or if they do something crazy like Harvey not in the field because he was going through whatever he was going through that day. Um, unfortunately, though, they play Major League Baseball for millions of dollars and they're not working a regular nine-to-five job. You can't just call out of work because you're not feeling good that day or whatever the deal is. There's 162 games, and as a clubhouse leader, team leader, of course, Harvey should be there. There's a lot going on. I think the best approach, however, is just to continue as this, this team, as this team um, has been, kind of just everyone being there for each other, trying to trying to get through the season. Um, an example of that was when you know when Reyes first got to the team last year. You know, everyone was like, "Oh, why are the Mets going to take Reyes?" You know, granted they got him for dirt cheap. Why the Mets going to take Reyes after all the controversy with the court cases and all that? They brought him in. He established a home. He made his friends, and now they're all able to do everything together. So Harvey needs to find and just find that rhythm where his teammates can help him out. And we and we we'll stop looking at it from a fiscal uh, analyst point of view and more of how can this guy get his head on straight so he can take on the rest of the season? Because without Harvey, well, Thor is probably the most impactful arm in the rotation. The ground is probably the most reliable arm in the rotation. Harvey is the most important arm in the rotation until he leaves that clubhouse, in my opinion, not anyone else's opinion, only because of the superstar talent behind him and the expectations from behind him and pitching in the 2013 All-Star game at home and all all those other credentials that require it. And, um, like, when you remember Matt Harvey, unfortunately, yeah, you're going to remember now this little, this little three-day suspension or whatever it was, and then the following start, he got blown up. But when I remember Matt Harvey, I'm going to think of the season where 
where his face was bleeding from taking a ball back to the face and he continued pitching and continued getting strikeouts and then leading that team to, you know, to a World Series in 15. And then unfortunately, yeah, they lost it. It happened. Um, but not many clubs can say they made the World Series in the past five years. So, you know what, though, Nick? That Matt Harvey is not the same Matt Harvey today. The Matt Harvey today, he, he, he needs to do some really serious soul-searching. Okay, he really needs to, and that's something he needs to handle. But what I question is, how did this all leak out about him? This, you know, like, you know, you would think the Mets would have wanted to keep this quiet because you know nobody wants negative. Well, once they suspended right? him, they had it had to come out once they suspended him. You know, well, yeah, I gotta explain why you suspended him. Yeah, but I, I think you know what? I mean, listen, we're not in that clubhouse or the locker room, but you know. Maybe his teams, maybe his teammates are having a hard time rallying around him because of his ego. You know, maybe he's that guy. He's brash. He, you know, he, he at least seems that way to us, right? Like a show off and stuff. And maybe he's like the kind of guy. You know, these guys won't say it publicly, but they might be like, yeah, you know, Harvey's a dick. I, you know, let this guy do what he does. You know, what I mean, he don't want to listen to nobody. Well, especially you know, the way he, he's a, and Degrom, especially the way Syndergaard and Degrom came on the scene and they started getting more attention than Harvey. That probably hit Harvey's ego too. You know, yeah. I mean, he crowned this guy the dark knight. Because Harvey was used you know, to being—he was, was used to being the man. You know, it's unfortunate that that those days of the dark knight, happy Harvey day, and all that is gone because that used to be an event every time he pitched. That was like a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, now it's yeah. Now, 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 it, now they call him the dark cloud. <laughs> yeah. 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 So from a dark yeah. knight to a dark cloud, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, I, 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 if you're that type of personality in New York you know, this ain't a small market. You know, there ain't no time for you to grow up. You know what I mean? People don't have the patience here. The media doesn't. So unless he turns it around soon, you know, he's going to have a hard time winning those fans back, you know? Yeah, I agree. I I hope, you know, I'm not going to say the next start he's going to come out and, you know, strike out 13 batters that go seven scoreless. That would be be a pipe dream to imagine that within the next three days, the next time he pitches. However, I do think that the key to this team winning is still that rotation. While of course, that's their bread and butter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cespedes and all them are great hitters and are going to score the runs that the team physically needs to advance. That rotation led by – I, I, I would love to say that the, the rotation's leader is Noah Syndergaard, but it is, it's got to be considered the Grandma Harvey at this point. Um, I understand exactly what you guys mean with the whole the diva thing, and I'm, I'm sick of it just as much as the next guy. However, Harvey is still that truest talent that we've been relying on since 2010. Um, I think that once he made his debut in, in 2012, ever since then he's been the guy that we should we should be focusing on. And as long as he can get this outside baseball nonsense, even if it's not finished or you know or fixed, toned down to a certain extent. There's a chance he could come in, finish the season with the three-something ERA, and maybe while he on paper might not look like the most imp- impactful pitcher, he might mean he might need he might be the pitcher we need down the stretch. So, I mean, true, well, yeah, I, I agree. I they're gonna you're need right. Though, but they, exactly, that's what they need. But can he put his uh, professional baseball career ahead of his personal life? And that's and that's, that's where it comes back to the soul searching again. You know, he's got to like put himself in check. You know, as a professional, you know. But I, mean, I guess that remains to be seen. 
that we hope we hope that he finds whatever clarity and closure he needs within the the personal drama that has become celebrity gossip. We hope that he can yeah, do all that. That way, he can come back and be a pitcher and be a major league baseball player, opposed to a celebrity. Now, of course, right. I would love to see, uh, my hope is that he does that. If he doesn't do it, of course, you know that you know that will be remembered as one of the many things that could go wrong in 2017. Right. Hope that come June, July-ish, or you know, maybe the All Star break at the least, where he turns it on into some kind of new look. Where they, at the end of the season, are like, "Oh, at the beginning of the year, he had a five something ERA. Now he finished at the end of the year with a two whip." Hopefully, hopefully we can get that segment at some point. Because personally, I would love to see Harpy do great. I would love to see him um, sell, especially in the city of New York. I know he's not staying a Met forever. I believe the contract is done at the end of next year. I'm not. I'm pretty sure it's the end of next year. I know he's going to go to a bigger club, possibly um, a SoCal team or maybe even the Yankees if he continues to play good ball where they'd be worth putting the money down. That's a whole different thing. I don't think the Yankees will even go near him right now. Yeah, not no more. Not that and, and not no more. <laughs> yeah. Two years ago, I would have said yes. Yeah, Two years ago, yeah I would have too. I would have said it going into this offseason, to be completely honest with you, before all the meltdowns and the fact that the Yankees are winning. So until this and you know what? For his sake, season, I'd say that to a you're right. He but, uh, you, you know, he, he, he's – listen, I'm a Yankee fan, but I used to enjoy watching. I, I can I just enjoy good pitching. I like watching a good pitcher pitch, and I used to really enjoy watching Harvey, and he's clearly not the same pitcher. He's just, he's just not. And, and you know, I, I just wonder – you know, I question his, his, his mental state. And, you know, maybe he's just not a New York player. Not many players are. You know, we all know this. We've seen guys come and go to both the Yankees and the Mets throughout the years that you were like, wait a minute, you know, this guy was always really good, but then he came here and, you know, and, you know, maybe he needs to find it somewhere else, you know, and hopefully for the duration of his contract, the Mets can get the most they can out of this guy because they're not going to resign him. No way. You know, the only way that he puts it really together and gives you a good year and a half here, you know. That's it. That's all you can hope for as a Mets fan right now. That's all you can hope for. Exactly. You just hope and hope that this club turns it around. Like I said, come that June, July-ish time. Um, hopefully before the All Star break. Uh, you know, but well, listen, there break, is time. That, that's the one club. thing. That's the one thing Mets fans can hang on to. At least there's time. It's not August. You know, if this all was happening, exactly. you know, in August, then I could see the the whole doom and gloom it, outlook. Obviously, a lot because, you know, the clock is ticking. Right. Yeah. We're now. You know, there's enough time. Listen, hey, who the hell remembers April and May? Do you remember what the Mets did in April and May last year with the Yankees? No. No one cares. You know what I mean? The old saying, you know. It's not how you start. It's how you finish, right? Right, right. And and that's why I also, as a Yankee fan, want to temper my expectations. As great as they're playing now and as fun as they are, I'm not sitting there saying, hey, man, you know, we got a shot at this thing. We can go all the way. I just want to enjoy it. Just, just watching them play and have some fun. If we happen to be in the mix at, in the end, that'd be awesome. You know, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know, the Yanks will make trades to get bring guys in because you know any chance the Yankees have a contending, they will. You know, you never got to yeah, worry about that. Yeah, yeah, and, and they will. You know, what I mean, especially they got all this money coming off the books. Not that money is yeah, ever. Yeah, you know, you know they'll do it. It's just a question of which prospects yeah. they're going to part with. 
Right. You know? But, you know, it, it's early. You, you know, if we're talking again late in the summer, I bet you none of us are going to remember our May records or April records unless we have to go and look it up. Yeah, you know, yeah of course. Because it's a long season. You know, this ain't football where, you know, if you were one in four, you'd say, oh, you shit, you know, it's over. You know, baseball, you get a lot of time to bounce back. You know, yeah. and the Mets ain't that buried. You know, they're not that bad. Yeah. They're yep, not the Giants, right? The Giants and the the Giants are buried right now. You know, it seems like the Giants. They they're really disappointing. A lot of injuries for them too, but they're really right. Really, you know, put themselves in a spot where they're probably Hold that money yeah. guys. But you know what? The Giants have had a pretty good run over the last few years. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so, no doubt. You know, they've been a great team. You know, so you know things happen. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. I guess, like you said, you got to wait and see how the summer plays out now, you know, so. Right. And, and, and go from there, so. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe get a spark, you know, somebody you don't expect or something. And, you know, things happen. We've seen it before. Exactly. It's a long way. Baseball's a marathon. You still got almost yeah. five months I mean, of baseball left. That's know, what I mean, so. five months. How <laughs> great is that? Way to go. Uh, so one way to go. But anyway, guys, all right, all right, I'll let you guys thanks, go. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. As always, Joe. Keep thanks. up the good work, Nick. You're doing a great job. Have fun thanks, on the rest you. of the show. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks, have a good day. Thanks, Joe. Later, fellas. Have a good one. Bye. All right, Nick. We're gonna keep it going. We got we got more callers on hold here. We're gonna go without okay. my man. My man from the Met Roundtable crew is on. Hey man, what's up? Good morning, Mr. Mojo. Busy morning, what's going on, man. man? Yeah, uh, busy morning. What's going on? I have to make it short. I'm going to Brooklyn for to a communion this morning. But uh, oh, I tell you, okay. the, first, the first thing I wanted to kick off and, and tell you is the the, the last call is. I mean, the, the one thing I have to have to. I was hoping you're going to bring me on with them because one thing you know, you know, just speaking about Matt Matt Harvey that I don't agree. I mean, that's saying his head's not on straight. His priorities not baseball. He's hanging out. He's doing it. We really don't know any of that. The guy could be working out six hours a day, and because we see him at a Rangers game, sitting with his girlfriend at nine o'clock at night, we assume he's abusing himself. That might not. Well, be no, I, I kind of agree. He is abusing himself because if he wasn't, he wouldn't have not showed up to a game. You know, when you don't well, show no, up for a well, game. Well, wait, but, wait, but wait a second. That's that's one instance. We've had Harvey on our team for three years, right? He's had a couple of blips in the road, but a 162-game season times three is, what, 450 games, and he missed one. So let's not, you know, let's let's not blow it out of proportion. And if he was pitching well, we wouldn't even be talking about this. The bottom line is everybody's looking for excuses why he's not the Dark Knight anymore. He's just not Harvey, right? He took off his cape. He doesn't have his uniform anymore. No utility belt. He's basically naked on the mound with no weapons. 
And, and yeah, well, he isn't and, the Dark Knight anymore. That's obvious, you know. You know, so the, the, the bottom line is, for me, is, you know, can Matt Harvey get back to where he, you know, a serviceable pitcher? And I mean, like, a number two, number three. I don't think he's going to, you know, he, look, you said it best last year with, with the two surgeries. And nobody bounces back from that surgery. Nobody ever has reclaimed the form as, as of before. You know, so you have to give the guy a little bit of a break, right? He took a step back with 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 Syndergaard and Degrom. He hasn't really hasn't pitched in, in in a while, you know, until this year. I mean, a little bit last year, but it was it was a, it was a it was a disaster. You know, mentally it has to be very difficult for him, but he's out there pitching, and and for fitness wise, he looks good. He looks like he lost weight. He looks like he came in shape. He looks he looks like he lost his swagger. He looks like he lost his confidence. And that comes with, you know, his, his style of pitching. But but to me, I, I don't know if he abuses, you know, the, the privilege of being a major league ball player. I don't know if he abuses his body. You know, I, I think the guy is an intelligent guy. I think he made a mistake. And it's just, just move on. Who cares? I mean, we have athletes shooting themselves in the leg. Well, I am ready to move on. I agree with that. We, we, we have move on. But I'm not have, excusing what he did, you know. No, it, 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 me and you didn't show up for work and didn't call our boss, we wouldn't have a job today, you know? Well, well but yeah, but I'll tell you what. If you didn't do it, if you, were, uh, if you were a consistent employee for 10 years and you didn't do it, a normal boss would assume something went wrong, something happened personally, and, and you forgive that one time. That's what no, I know, but he was, out, he was out drinking. You know, it ain't like he was... He was sick. He, I know. you know, no, he, I, he had I a family it. emergency, it's, and it's, you know, this it's, and that. It's, it's a mental lapse. It's a mental lapse. It's being immature. And and once again, I'd love to think of Harvey as, you know, that guy that I was. You know, I know you disagree a little bit. I was the guy that I wanted him pitch that ninth inning two years ago. I wanted him to come out of the bed out. I wanted him to roar, you know, like a like a. Uh, like a real pumped up athlete, an exciting athlete. It just didn't turn out the way we wanted. Um, and, and really, it was an error by Duda, it was an error by Murphy. It was just a calamity, complete calamity. Because if they closed out that game, whether he had surgery or not, he, he in our minds, he would have, he would have, it would have been a pitching performance of a lifetime. But you got really. agree. You do agree. You do agree with the uh, with the assumption that. He hasn't been the same pitcher since he left that mound that night, right? I absolutely, totally agree with you. Um, I mean, I don't, look, I think Collins overuses everybody, so you know, especially the bullpen, and he probably leaves his starting pitches in a little bit too much. But that's probably why he pitches. I think they like, I think they really like playing for him, right? And and the reason is, I think because he gives them a long leash. I think that's part of it, right? He lets them. He lets them, you know, if they feel they can go, he kind of lets them whether it works or not, and, and, and he's out there, right? Um, I don't necessarily, as a fan, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but he's probably a good player manager you know, for players. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's why they all, some of them like him, right? I mean, hey, Dr. A oh, is joining the call, too. Dr. A is on the line. What's up, Alan? Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, doing good, doing good. Good, good, good. Interesting Met talk today. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot to talk about with the Mets, right? So, so, so pitching yeah. on the 
Patronomics, what do you think, Dr. Ray of Harvey? I, I, you know, I got to tell you, definitely everyone seems in agreement he's not the pitcher that left him out, you know, in the World Series and all. But I, I watching him pitch, he looks fine. He looks in shape and all. He, he didn't come back fat from surgery or anything like that. But the, to use the phrase, the guy has a mojo of about zero. He has an expression on his face that's expressionless half the time. He's not. He's like a shell of himself. He's kind of just pitching. I, I don't think he believes. Like every inning, he's in trouble. This is last year before he got hurt again. It, it's well, getting to that point. First inning, give up a run, man on base. Second inning, man on base. Third inning, man on base. You're not going to last like that. He, and he's well, just focusing on a couple of good pitches here and there. He seems to have velocity, but easy to hit. That's all I can say from him. He's a third, fourth pitcher is what I'm looking at. If you never saw him pitch before and you just saw him this season, last season, you'd be like, this guy's an average pitcher, a little better than Montero. Like I, His name is what's carrying him. Strip that name off him and what he's actually doing on the field. Average. It's not his name. It's not his name. I think it's his expected talent. It's what we all know he has done in the past, right? History, history repeats itself sometimes. After two surgeries, like I'm, I'm wondering. I'm sure there's no Met fan that would not love to see this guy return to form. Like if he has people wanting to see that happen, that's every single Met fan. I'm sure you guys agree with that. I'm, I'm watching him in his starts. I'm wondering if the capabilities there, if it's not just mental. I, I think he's really second guessing his capabilities on the mound when when someone gets a hit off him and all the home runs last night. They, well, his start is not something you look forward to watching right now because you're watching it saying, will he give you something? And can he even shut down a decent team with a decent lineup? Well, look, I think the confidence is on that, but you can't say that, you know, it's like the chicken before the egg. Is his stuff gone and that's why he doesn't have confidence or his stuff there and he doesn't have confidence or combination of both? It's hard to have confidence if you don't have the stuff that you once had, and maybe you're not willing to change the pitch you are. Well, going back to the well, beginning we, of the season, that's what he talked about, not trying to overpower people, being a different pitcher. You know, I, the reality for Harvey, to me, is he's going to be average the next two seasons. He's in, in now a transition phase. He's going to have to face the reality. Even though you say I'm going to transition into a different type of pitcher, part of you, I'm sure, still wants to be that guy, you know, the dark knight, he, he, that has to be given up 100% on his part. And the 98-mile-an-hour fastball has to be five times a game at best, you know, highly selected, not for an entire inning. Whether How successful he transitions himself, we'll probably know when it's time to renew his contract. Like, I think it's going to be this year and next year you know, would have seen a big enough body of work to decide he's going to be like a Cologne or a Pedro and guys that extend the careers and give you innings. If he's going to be a pitcher yeah. that's going to give us five innings, I don't want him. We're seeing what it does to a bullpen. And we're saying he leaves us, you said before, he leaves the starters in too long and use the bullpen too much. That's a little contradictory. But um, I guess it's by the particular situation. What's really hurt the Mets this year is the starters not going enough innings. And the bullpen overuse is a, a little bit on Collins. But when he takes these guys out, they look done. 
Yeah, I agree. Like real or I thought last night he left Bobby in too long again. I thought he left him in again too long last night. If you have a star pitching staff, they got to be giving you seven. And it that, seems like all the Met pitches, right? It seems like all the Met pitches are at a hundred innings, at hundred pitches in five innings. It seems like now, every time they pitch. That, that's exactly right. If our starters were going seven, maybe not the first couple, you know, first couple of starts at the beginning of the season, but if they were going seven, our bullpen wouldn't be so overused, and they probably wouldn't have looked so bad either. Yeah, you know, yeah, everyone struggles. My co-host Nick Russo is on today. I'm sure you guys have been listening. And uh, Nick, what do you think as well? Uh, pretty much, in, pretty much the same stuff you guys have mentioned. Just trying to get those, those workhorse innings out of a pitcher is really what the rotation needs right now to help fix itself. Um, yeah. With all the injuries and such, you got to rely on guys like Degrom, and you should be relying on the guy like Harvey to come in and kind of hold down the fort in the meantime and leave us in a good position so where Thor comes back, we're in a position to win. But, unfortunately, that's not exactly the case that we're dealing with right now, um, like you've mentioned. Um, you got to just hope that a guy like Harvey can figure it out. And if it is mental, find a way to beat it out and and succeed. And if it's a physical issue, just kind of like, like, like one of you guys said, just kind of, Try to develop yourself into a three or a four pitcher, opposed to being that ace of the rotation the way everyone thought it was going to be, and find a way to contribute to the to the clubhouse until until you're not part of it anymore. Um, I just think that Harvey, personally, I was always a big Harvey fan. I I, I can hope that he does well, um, but time will only tell if, if this is a bump in the road or if this is what the future of the career looks like. Yeah, that, that, yeah I, sure. that's the reality. It's going to take a bit and some more starts and some more rough starts between this season and probably next season to really know. If he stays with the Mets, he's got one benefit. As long as we have Syndergaard and DeGrom, there's no pressure to be the number one or number two pitcher. He shouldn't even be asked to be in that role unless they're hurt. On the well, Mets, he's three or four. I'd even put Mats ahead of him. You're looking at a fourth pitcher. Well, what do you guys think yeah. of this? I mean, it's a good point. I mean, we all beat up Collins because he leaves the pitches in too much. He overworks the bullpen. But really, does he have a lot of choice at this point? I mean, the, the starting pitches don't go past five innings. He has to cover four-plus innings, um, you know, w- with the relievers. What, uh, like, what is he supposed to do? I mean, well, look, he, you think what he is he supposed to do? In? Is he ba- pulling the ba- pitches too early? I don't think Baseball so. Baseball today, the manager and the pitching coach come up with a game plan, right? They're calling the pitches. The Mets definitely are calling the pitches from the dugout. It's not Darno, it's not Rivera, and it's not the pitcher. They're telling him what pitch to pitch in every situation, every pitcher on his team. We don't have Cologne anymore. Yeah. It was like, I got it for today. You guys can take off in the dugout. That was Cologne. This is guys much younger than Cologne. So they're controlling them. At some point, I'd have to say, every pitch is going five innings. And what Anthony was saying, they all seem like they're pitching 100 pitches. There's something gone wrong there, too. Their game plans aren't the best game plans. They're not throwing the best pitches based on what these pitchers are doing on the mound. And I've heard Ron Darling say this. Hey, when I pitched, you know, I knew what I was doing, which pitch I was confident in within an inning or two, and so did the catcher. Having that getting called from the dugout, I got to say I don't agree with it. I could see with a rookie pitcher, but we have kind of a veteran catcher, and Rivera and Darno, for, for that matter, 
come up with a game plan, let the players adjust it during the game. You know, you see if a pitcher's not getting a pitch over, you have the pitching coach in the dugout keep making them try, and we see the same pitch that they can't get six times in a row. They're screwing up in the dugout. I, I have to agree. And we don't have a catcher that's just going to shake it off, and we don't have a pitcher that clearly that's just going to shake it off, and they're not going to do what they want to do irregardless. They're listening to the dugout. There's nobody with that type of leadership, catcher and pitcher, that is doing what they want to do. And that might be just a framework and what they're told. Hey, if you screw up and you're shaking off pitches, we'll blame you. But if you want to be a great pitcher, I think you got to pitch what you want to pitch. You know what you're doing well. You know if your slide is working, your fastball is killing it. If you're not hitting the inside corner, it doesn't take too long to figure this out. A lot of great pitchers, a little struggle in the first thing, and then you see them settle down, as they say. Well, the only thing I have to say, you're assuming that the pitcher and the catchers that we have are going to make better decisions than the dugout. We don't know that for sure. I mean, the, you don't, the but when I see five innings and 100 pitches, I would hope there's a better decision to be made. That they, well, if that's the best yeah. they can do, there's a real problem. Everyone's overrated. Well, or, may, or, or maybe that's the case. Maybe these guys don't have the capability or they don't have the out pitches, um, you know, that, that that they need to get quick outs. I mean. That would also mean we really should have brought in a different catcher. Because with the right yeah, catcher, yeah, I, said that yeah, all all Carter, I, I think they would have rejected the idea of the call. There's no guarantee available, obviously, but that's no. the type of guy they need. With this staff, that's what they need. Like a Yadier Molina would have been perfect with this staff. Obviously, we'd never get Yadier Molina, but he's the type right. of catcher that would be absolutely perfect for what the Mets have. Right yeah, now. I have to you agree. Know? I think a veteran catcher, I mean, you know, would be real helpful. And, you know, unfortunately, with where catchers go, we always look at the numbers, and the numbers don't, especially with the catching position, don't really tell the whole story. Well, Rivera's hitting 300 right now, right? Did well, you hear what Gary Cohen said last night? What I mean Did you hear what Gary Cohen said last night, Alan? No, Gary okay, Cohen actually said? said the most ridiculous thing I ever heard last night. He said, this is the best hitting catcher streak that we've had since Mike Piazza. Whoa, whoa. Don't, please do not oh, yeah. put Rene Rivera in the same breath as Mike Piazza ever. Like, hey, that was the most ridiculous thing. Even a... I think Rondon and Keith Hernandez were right away were like, no, don't even men, you know, that's you know, don't even like say that. Like that's not even like, you know. You can look at where Piazza's hitting streak was get, and if Rivera passes it by five games, who cares? I got another ba- I got another baseball fan I'm gonna bring into this call that I wanna hear his opinion on the whole thing. Sal, what's going on, Sal? What's going on, Anthony? Hey, Sal. You're on with the Pad Man and Alan and Nick. What's going on? I can, I so. can tell. So, uh, again, uh, I guess with Harvey, one of uh, the guys I played ball with who's a Pet fan, and I agree with you guys. The guy throws, I guess, 100 pitches through five innings, lets up two runs after what he was coming off of. Let him go out on a high note. Don't let him take a chance on imploding. And also, I guess, there's a situation where he was the third man up in the order that got the perfect time to replace him. I think you guys have issues uh, and some pretty big problems around, which was once a very promising pitching style. You're right. And to your point, to your point, they should have got – 
They should have did something with him yesterday. They should have. When he had the five innings, two runs, you get him out right there. After the whole week he had, you get him out in a tie game right there, and you could save, you know, you could, he can he can walk away from it with, you know, a little happy there. Now he'd leave him in, he gets yeah. up the back-to-back homies, and now all of a sudden it was a, you know wasn't another good outing, you know, it ends up not there. So, to me, it was, it was bad leaving him in there. And I think that Alan, Alan said, I think Alan's right when he says, look, it may be a rough year this year. And that should be fair to the guy. I don't know how old is Harvey. And he is had two surgeries. Like, don't throw him away yet, guys. I'm not so sure you throw this guy away. Exactly, bro. And I can't blow him, sorry. Always a little bit yeah, no, I agree. I think you got to give him a chance to pitch his way out of it, you know? Yeah. I, I think, you know. So, what do you think, Nick? Uh, just, you know, kind of what you guys have been saying. You know, it's we got to hope for the best with Harvey and uh, at this point to see what he what he can do. Yeah, I mean, that's all That's all you could do, you know? You, you just got to hope, you know, that he – he could refine, read the like Alice said, read the you know, reinvent himself and, and that find other ways to get out. Stop going. Doesn't for the happen in five stars. Just try to get. You got to have confidence that you can let them hit the ball and still get your outs. You know, you, you got to still make quality pitches, but not always just try to throw it past somebody. You know, he, those days of him throwing it past people are over, to me. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Comes down to location pitching, right? Setting up a guy inside, throwing it outside, a smart pitcher, as you would call it. Then you become the rubber bomb in the, in the clubhouse. You can go eight innings. Yeah. We lost Padman, by the way. Padman dropped off the call. We lost the Padman. I come on if he drops off like that. <laughs> Just like that, right? What a coincidence, right? Yeah, I'm not sure who mentioned Molino, but obviously – in addition to any team, period. Yeah, I mean, if they had a yeah, guy like true. that, I have a feeling this whole staff would be different. But you guys want to, you want to guys give some airtime to the Yankees or no? We're just going to, like, you know, come on. Yeah, no, we were talking about the Yankees for the first half hour. I was just going to ask you, so what's your take on the Yankees? We were talking, a lot of Yankee talk was on early in the show. Which, so what do you, we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I had a grin and bear through that. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was, I was. We were talking how they're, they're well ahead of the curve. You know, they're playing great baseball. Now fans are getting upset after a couple of losses that they shouldn't be. The Yankees, are, you know, you're not going to win every game. I mean, Yank, you know, be happy, you know. And, and not only that, look, I'm a Yankee fan. Let's give some credit to Houston. I mean, they're, they, they might, they got, I think, the best record right now in the American. Mm. They pitch. It takes two very good games against for a three-run game. So their pitching staff, their starters have been really good. Um, and you're right. We're so far ahead of schedule. And, you know, some guys did some better. Some guys haven't did as well yet. Everything will be even itself out. But I, I think they have a real good shot of it. It's good to get the wild part if they couldn't really shock the world and win. Yeah. And like we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. 
Yeah, I was going to say, personally, um, I think Yankee fans should be fine. I think I don't think the Orioles have enough rotation-wise or bullpen-wise, other, especially with Zach Britton going down, to handle a playoff run or a deep run. Um, while I think they're going to hit a home run every single game of the season, especially in that small Camden Yard field, I think that their, their pitching has always been a problem, continue to be a problem. And while the Yankees' pitching isn't perfect, it's clearly better than um, the Orioles pitching as a whole. Even if not this, even if this season the Orioles pitching is doing a little bit better than expected, um, it's still going to be an issue in Baltimore until they bring in a big name guy. Now, if they do something like that, trade deadline, then there might be a little bit of a difference. But I think that the Yankees and the Orioles can continue hitting home runs the way they've been. The Yankees will eventually beat them out, and for because their pitching is clearly better. With this, Servano and Chapman and Batantis in that bullpen. There's just more weapons pitching wise with with um the Yankees than the Orioles. I agree. Yeah. And like we said earlier, the Yankees will go out and get the guy if they're in the race in July that they need. I personally exactly. think the Red Sox are still gonna it's gonna come down to the Yankees and the Red Sox. I still think the Red Sox are gonna figure it out at some point because they got pitching, they got a bullpen and they got back. I still think the Red Sox and the Yankees is going to eventually, it's going to come down to them at some point this year. So, I mean, you know, Red, Red Sox is only like four and a half games out, so it ain't like they're so far behind either, you know. But they're, clear, they're clearly missing Big Poppy, the Red Sox. Clearly, like. Oh yeah, that's as far as replacing talent like that. I think they have to be realistic in what their expectations are. So. But, like yeah. we were talking yesterday, so would you trade that guy? Would you put like Frazier, the Yankee prospect, in a package, let's say for like a Johnny Cueto in in July? Because that's like something no. that could be realistic. Or you Darvish? What about you Darvish? You Darvish? That's if when we enter the you Darvish, more of the what we consider should be more of an elite pitcher. Yeah. Personally, I don't know if it's just me. I've never been a huge fan of Cueto when he was with. Um, Cincinnati, I know that final year he went off and then he went to KC for a little bit and then now he's with the Giants. I've never really thought Cueto was elite. I always thought that he always figured out a way to get through the inning. Um, if he had good, good strikeout numbers, his URA was always always a pick high. If his URA was down, so were the strikeout numbers. He was never that complete pitcher that's worth trading an outfield prospect like Frazier um, for personally, I mean, remember they got Frazier from the Andrew Miller deal, um, and so with, with all those prospects they got from that deal, they were expecting to come in and be part of this whole baby bomber movement like they got going on right now. I think that if they're going to move Frazier, they gotta even if they have to add in other prospects, get a pitcher like you Darvish in New York or someone like you just said among those caliber of players. I think a player like Cueto or Samarja or anything like that is just a pipe dream and a waste of a prospect, personally. Yeah, and a guy like Samaja, they wouldn't have to give up one of their top prospects for Samaja. Yeah, they could exactly. Get him, like, yeah, be, a B-level prospect. And, like, to Sal's point, what Sal was mentioning yesterday, that you could get it, you might be better off getting a guy like that and giving up less, not necessarily going for that top pitcher, just getting the middle of the rotation pitches, right, to fill out the staff. Might be better. I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't want to give up. I just don't want to give up these prospects. But as we're saying yesterday, I'm saying, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a hitting game now. 
Uh, you could go out and get your it's a hitting game to the game that is changing and evolving where it's becoming more of, I think, of offensive line. So, but anyway, like I said, you know, I don't like giving up on the future. So if I could only because I'm getting pressed for some time here, can I segue into the game last night, which was a great game. Uh, my Celtics, I think, gave it away. Uh, although, again, kudos. You know, we did sports give kudos where they're due. Wall hit a big shot from beyond what I think is his range. I don't fall Bradley at all, but we'll win. But we'll win game seven in Boston on Monday. And then face a juggernaut. And LeBron's making a statement, guys. Whether you're a LeBron lover or a hater, uh, the guy's making a statement. I mean, he's doing things that, you know, I know he's got good players around him, but he's doing things that really you see once in a lifetime. Maybe some of us twice with Jordan, but the guy the guy could play basketball, and I don't think that Washington or the Celtics, especially after going through this type of series, could really take place. I think they'll be worn out by the end. Yeah, well, I was going to bring it up to you. As it's, I know, obviously you're a Celtics fan, but I was going to I was going to bring it up to you. What do you think about? Uh, obviously, yesterday was a great game. It was a tough ending, you know. Obviously, with Wall hitting the big three at the end, but it was a, it's been a it's been a great, unbelievable physical series, and uh, you know, Game Seven obviously tomorrow. I still like Boston's chances at home tomorrow, but like you said, I don't know if anybody's beating Cleveland or Golden State as good as the Spurs. I don't think they could beat Golden State either, personally. Especially with yeah, I, I, I still like I I still like Golden State, but just saying. You know, as a Celtics fan, I think what you notice is that we're missing that really. Right now, we're missing that, and you need it. You need that third score. I mean, in the NBA, you need those three guys, right? Cleveland's got theirs. Golden well, Bradley's State's been playing theirs. great. Hawks is playing very well for you guys in the postseason. And, you know, Bradley. Bradley's offense has been a big surprise in this in this series, I think. You know what? I think, Anthony, I think what it speaks to is a, a possible, I mean, you know, does Gordon Hayward do a sign and trade, or will he leave money on the table like Durant did to go and play with Brad Stevens again? I mean, I would, as much as I love That's what's going to come down to, right? Well, did they make a play for Melo? Because it looks like it looks like Melo's gone, especially after what Phil Jackson said yesterday. So yeah. I don't know if you heard what he said. But, yeah, but I don't yeah, want, it looks I like Melo is definitely gone now. Yeah, he's gone. Right? It, it's a question of where he goes and right the Clippers. I would say the Celtics. I think they should try to do a, a signing trade for Hayward and throw Crowder in there along with I hate to say it, but give up on the number one. But yeah, Bellow's gone. How crazy is that going to be? Yeah, it's a question of where he's going to go now. I don't know. I, I also you mentioned Gordon Hayward. Um, personally, I just think with everything going on down there with Utah with Rudy Gobert and Hayward and Joe Johnson's recent luck this off this postseason, regardless of the the sweep against Golden State. They they looked like a solid team and they were able to you know outlast the first round. Um, I I don't think uh, trading Hayward 
is a necessity over there in Utah. Perhaps if Boston hits them with the right package, that might be the only way to kind of break up their well, team. He's a, but I, he's a free agent, so he's got to want to stay there. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's going to want. What I mean is, yeah, I know he's a free agent and all, but I don't think that he's going to want to willingly leave unless unless there's some kind of crazy amount of money on the table, which is unrefusable. Only because of the way that he's been with that team forever. The whole um, when they when Jazz matched his contract a few years back in his last um, off season. Um, so it's just it's just interesting. To, to see, it would be interesting to see Hayward over there in Boston, but I also don't know if Boston would be willing to, to give up the amount of first round picks it might take to get Hayward off the Jazz. If that you, makes you, with first, if Utah doesn't give him a max deal, I think he'll walk. That's my opinion because they're, they're, they're basically I, I, allowing the Celtics to give you give him the same amount and. They would do that in a heartbeat. They have to give up nobody. Well, that's like what, that's like is, what happened with Hawks did, right? I mean, the Hawks won willing right. to give him the five-year max, and then he went to the Celtics. Exactly. And, yep. and, and, and with Hayward, if he wants the max, if Utah says that's where the signing, that's where the signing tree would have to come in, I would. I said, we're going to find out, right? The 16th, they're going to the Celtics are drafting. And if they're willing to take a one, a Crawford, uh, and uh, a Crowder and somebody else, but it, 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 there are certain guys who I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade Brown. I wouldn't trade Smart. I wouldn't trade Rozier. They're untouchables as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that statement right there. I think that those guys are all lockdown players. There should not even be in any kind of questions. Um, everyone you just said is considered untouchables are going to be part of that this future Boston team. I don't know if Isaiah Thomas can be leading it, but possibly Marcus Smart, possibly someone they're going to be drafting. No matter how good they do the next few seasons, they're going to be receiving the first, first to fifth, fifth round pick because of the Nets and because of how bad the Nets are and how 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 bad that deal was back in the summer of 2013. Um, I I just think that Watson has a lot of options as to how they want to take the next few years? Do they want to build through the draft? Do they want to trade those picks right away? Do they want to hold up and wait? There's a better prospect coming up next within the next couple of years out of high school. Um, they have they basically have the Nets first-round picks until 2020. I don't know if that's the exact year they have it still. But that's essentially the next three to four seasons where being that right now in possible title contention mode where with first-round talents coming to the team every year. So it's a matter of if they if they they want to make a move or if they want to just wait or if they want to spend the money in free agency or do something like you said with the Gordon and Hayward deal. Boston has so many options in both in the basketball world right now, where this team, if they don't win a championship within the next ten years, possibly more, it's the only one reason would be because of of uh, the only reason would be because of LeBron James. So yeah, it's. Yesterday I read a very good article, and, you know, some people, you know, they, they get on age for keeping his draft picks. But like they said, you know, for what they would have had to give up for Jimmy Butler, they even said, they said, Jimmy Butler's still right now because of Cleveland. You're right, because Cleveland is so good. They weren't going to beat them anyway. So they're like, keep your picks. And then, no, you're right. You know, with, with some other picks, like I think Ainge is smart enough, and so are other teams. 
they're trying to time this because Cleveland is, again, the premier team in, in the East. I don't know if anybody's going to take them down yet. But in two or three years, yeah, that's when I think you want to start peaking, and I think we're in a good position as a Celtic fan. So talking about the draft again, and I apologize, you know, if you're, you know, who do you take? Who, who are the top three picks? And do you really take Ball with his father? I wouldn't go near Ball, personally. I personally, you know what, I think I think Josh Jackson might be a great fit for Boston. Obviously, folks, everybody's saying they're more picks. But I think Josh Jackson might be the better fit for Boston's team. Okay. I, 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 like, I like Josh a lot out of Kansas. Uh, my only question is, is he too much like Brown? Are you getting the same type of player? Which, is, don't get me wrong, he's not a bad. I mean, if you could put those guys at the 2-3, you're doing really well for a long time. But that's, that's the only are they too similar. Yeah, and I know you. I know you like. Uh, I know you like Tatum, right? I, I I do like Tatum. The only thing is, and sorry, Duke fans, Duke players don't necessarily do really well in the pros. You know, you had Grant Hill, but some of the other guys, they seem like I don't know, they just they just can't get it going. I don't get it. Whether it's injuries or yeah. what, even when they get it going, they seem to just have bad luck. But and then you have a kid down in Arizona, Marketing. I think he'd be an interesting. He's a stretch, right? He's a stretch yeah. four, eleven, seven feet. But that's a guy you could trade down a little and get even, and maybe get more assets, you know, by trading down to get a guy like Marketing. So you know? top three? It also depends where the lottery ends up. If you, this is assuming you win the lottery. Yeah. Give me your top three. I'd say both. Josh Jackson, and I got to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not a big ball guy. I think he'll be okay. I actually think Dennis Smith's going to be better than him. I think Dennis Smith got more talent than him from NC yeah, State. You're, you're, you're a big Dennis Smith fan. Let me, a buddy of mine mentioned. I don't. I don't know if he's necessarily the third best player in the draft. I just think he's going to be better than Ball, in my opinion. I think Ball's overhyped right now. A buddy of mine said the Knicks are looking at Fox. Yeah, the, I heard the Knicks. I heard the Knicks are interested in Fox, or they're interested. In, I heard they're interested in the France point guard, Latina too. And who? I heard they're very high on him. The guy from France, Frank Nit, Frank Nitlatina, the guy from France, the point guard. Oh, really? Yeah, supposedly they're they're very high on him. Phil Jackson's supposedly very high on him. But another guy is Fox. If Fox is there, maybe they take Fox. Who knows? I heard the Knicks might, if Smith is there, the Knicks might like Smith. It really depends who's there. I think they're definitely taking a point guard, though, the Knicks, for sure. Where where, where are they picking? Well, they don't know yet. we got to wait for the lottery. I think they're seven, slotted seven. If, if everything goes into form in the lottery, they would pick seven. And I, I guess, guess what are they going to do with Porzingis? I guess you can't trade Porzingis, Knicks fans. you got to keep him. No, they're going to keep Porzingis. It would be too much of a hit. I don't think that they trade Porzingis at all. I think that they need to build a franchise around him, if anything. I agree. I agree. I agree, too. I think that's, that's their only think, shot at turning turning anything that's been going on in New York sour into something positive is to build around Porzingis, draft a point guard, like you said, who can lead this New York team for the next 
at least ten years someone who cannot you can rely on. I, I think I personally think you trade Melo and then trade Porzingis, the Knicks fans, they would be really calling for Phil Jackson's head. Like they're not calling for it already. If they trade Porzingis, forget it. Well, I mean, They're if they really trade both of them, what, what, do, what do they have? Uh, a hurt Derrick Rose that's leaving anyway in a year? And it's not like they have anything left for the fans to hold on to, especially as a, new, a newer club playing in, you know, the most, the most respected arena in the world at Madison Square Garden. What do you have for fans to come fill the seats with if you don't have Porzingis or Melo? I think that they need to tread lightly and how they want to handle it, and I think that they do need to build around for them. And they drafted him when he was 18 years old, and he, he can only I, get bigger and better. He's younger than me, and I'm a college student. <laughs> I think I think he'll be. A, I think he's going to be a very good ball player. I couldn't agree with him more. Where do you think Melo goes? Then what do you think they get it's, for him? It's, it's interesting because you know this summer. I still think he ends up on the Clippers. I have a feeling he ends up on the Clippers. And I think it'll be a package, probably like a Austin Rivers, maybe a sign and trade with Reddick involved or first rounders, somehow like that. I don't think they're going to get as much as they were got two years ago when they turned down that Jimmy Butler in a one deal. They um, they have to be kicking themselves for that one now. They have to be. Yeah. I mean, there's no yeah. way around it. But uh, yeah. I don't. They're not going to get the return that they got. They would have got two years ago, but they got to move on. It has to happen now, especially the relationship's broken with Phil Jackson and Melo at this point. It's completely broken. You know, I it's think interesting. the sleeper team to possibly to um, to get Melo could possibly be a team, possibly like the Mavericks, who signed um, I believe it was Pond, not Pondexter. Uh, what's that mm-hmm. name from Golden State? Off the top of my head at the moment, I just had it, but I, I walked well coming up with it. Um, they signed him last year. If they could make a move with around him, he was uh, the Golden State uh, small forward before they brought in Kevin Durant. He won a close to the Mavericks last year. Oh, what's his name? Uh, From North Carolina, right? Exactly, exactly. I can't think. All of a sudden, I can't think of his name. I had him in his name in my head this entire time since he brought up his, uh, the Mellow trade. But if they could do something like that, moving him, and maybe a possible. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes, exactly. Har- perfect. Harrison Barnes, yeah. If they move Harrison Barnes and another piece, possibly, I think that that would be enough for the Carmelo deal as long as all the paperwork lines up properly. Of course, I don't handle that, so I don't know. Um, but as long as all the paperwork like that will line up properly, I think Harrison Barnes and a piece or a second-round pick or something where the Knicks feel like they're getting something for Carmelo would be more than enough because you could build around Brzingis and Harrison Barnes and then go out and find a star point guard to, to kind of – combat in the two So I think that there's options. It's just the Knicks need to find one where it's not – people aren't focusing on the mellow of – the celebrity mellow, but more of the ball player mellow who is the most decorative Olympic basketball gold medalist ever. So people forget about that, and I get it. The Olympics are different than the NBA and all that. But you got to remember, mellow is still one of these top talents that we consider in that LeBron status of this generation. Well, I and I agree with you more. I often say, when it and I can't figure it out. People say he's selfish. Yet, when you put him on a team with international world superstars like when he plays for the U.S., he's arguably the best player on the team. I don't get yep. it. Like selfish, but then he's the best player on a star-studded team. Maybe he needs a coach like Shashevsky. 
I just think that he needs a, a cast around him that plays the kind of ball he plays. And I think that my only reason why I keep coming back to this Maverick thing is because of Harrison Barnes. Well, I know I forgot his name wrong for a second, but because of Harrison Barnes and also because of uh, Dirk Nowitzki. I think that, yeah, while Nowitzki is obviously he scores a lot, he, you know, with, with the record he broke this year or last year. I just think that with a player like him, it would be easier to bounce off a, a seasoned veteran like Nowitzki and how they they can split the role of who's scoring and who's passing, and they can figure that all out down there. If they can figure that all out down there, Mavericks might be a good team if they possibly got mellow and were able to line up all the paperwork properly. That's just the yeah. team I personally came up with, though. I don't know if that sounds outlandish to you guys, but... No, listen. I need to, to me, it's wide open. I, I actually have a sleeper team too. I'm gonna actually was Milwaukee playing okay. alongside the Greek freak and have Jason hey Kidd as his coach. Wow, talk about that scoring, that scoring man of course. All right, Sal. Thanks a lot, Sal. Have a good weekend, guys. You too. I'll speak to you soon. Me too. Thanks for calling. Oh. And what were you saying next just now? Oh, I just think that the two of them together would be a very dominant two-headed monster over there in Milwaukee. And it, it also allows them to not spend big money on um, another point guard. I know they've had some issues recently from the point guard position, um, if I'm correct. Uh, and, but I know that they still have yeah. Greg Monroe at center. So if you think of it as a 3-4-5 as a and the Greek freak and Melo and Monroe, I think that – that's not a small ball lineup by any means, but you got two dominant players in there as well, with a center that can definitely hold his own in Greg Monroe. Um, I think that that's, yeah. that's, very, that's a really cool option too. I think that people only think about the Knicks trading teams like the Celtics and the Clippers when talking about Melo because they feel like teams aren't on the rise and that could use a player like Melo regardless of what drama is going on with the celebrity marriage or what's going on with why he can't shoot in New York, but the second he joins an Olympic team, like you guys have said, he, he goes off. I think that Melo needs a team that isn't in New York City, and he, he needs to join a club that is kind of young, that can rely on him for when they need it. But he can take a relaxed fourth quarter in a game if he also needs it as well, as long as it's not playoff. Yeah, I agree. I think he could be a good piece for a team that's really close right now. And I think, you know... I, you know, it's just it's going to be interesting. It really is because I think there's going to be. I personally think there's going to be a lot more teams involved in this than people think. I, I don't think it's going to be, especially at the price. I don't think it's going to be so insane. Yeah, you're going to have to give up a first rounder, but to me, after the after the lot, you know, especially late in the lottery or late in the first round, who cares if you give up a first rounder? You're getting a star player, you know, like that could put you over the top. You know, if you're trying to win. You know, he's definitely a good fit. A team like the Clippers, he's obviously a great fit. I mean, you put him with Paul, Griffin, and Jordan, you know, that could be the final piece for the team. Because, you know, they can't get past that certain point, the Clippers, every year. You know, they, they keep getting to that certain point, and they can't, especially in the Western Conference. And another question yeah. is if Cleveland, if Cleveland loses, does Cleveland make a run at him? Because LeBron always wanted to say, says he wants to play with Carmelo one day. You know, obviously I think won't be with especially the with Chris so. Paul being a free agent this season, this is the only season where if something like this was to happen, this would be the the year. Um, you can even go as far as saying something extremely crazy like 
the Knicks would trade Melo in the piece for Kyrie Irving, and then the Cavs will sign Chris Paul, and then LeBron would have his dream team or whatever the deal is. Very outlandish. It would be really cool to see, even though Melo is the only piece out of that whole dream team of LeBron, Wade, Paul, and Melo. Melo is probably the most likely to join the team. Um, I just don't know where they would put him, per se, with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love and um, the, the depth they have at, at the power forward and center position. Of course, you make room for Carmelo Anthony if there's room to be made. They can make Hello? The issue, the issue is with that Cavaliers team. It's just so stacked. It's like, who do you get rid of and for what? Yeah, I, I personally think it would be something like what they were talking last year. I think it would be more like a love for Carmelo and then on mm-hmm. Irvin for Chris Paul type thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have Irvin going to the Clippers, love to the Knicks, and Paul and Anthony with LeBron in Cleveland. But if Cleveland wins again, why would Cleveland do anything, you know? If, that, if, that's if Cleveland wins it again, why, there's no reason anything, for Cleveland to do smaller, anything. Exactly. If anything, he's adding these smaller names. Well, not maybe not smaller names, guys, but guys knowing that they're coming in as a backup position, like Kyle Corbett like Darren Williams, like Andrew Bogut, regardless of the injuries that Williams and Bogut, when they came on to the club, they knew that they were going to be the backups or whatever for whoever's playing, and they will be out there in the postseason as potential bench pieces, but they know that for sure this is LeBron, Irving, and Love's team. Now, if they make a yeah. for Love and for Mello, I'm pretty sure that the Cavaliers deny that trade immediately when that was offered, so they'd have to include a little bit more to make it a little more lucrative for for the um for the Cavs. I just don't know what you do at that point, how much you give them, what what can they physically give them. It's not even yeah, like they signed Francis Dennis for longer than so you need, you need a first round pick. Because you can't you can't do that. You can't trade a first round yeah, pick. No you can't. If you're doing that then you might as well keep Mellow and figure out a way to to build around it. The two of them. Um but the thing is, it's just it's the Carmelo Anthony situation is so interesting because of how much money is left on that contract, and and how the Knicks have handled the whole Carmelo Anthony situation since the second he was he was traded. Um, yeah, it's one of those time with hell things. We can only hope that something happens in the off season where they either make a move for him or get something for him. However. There's a good chance he's still wearing a Knicks jersey starting next September. Or this September. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all. It wouldn't shock me. But I, I just think the relationship's so broken right now. I don't. I, I think you almost have to trade him. You have to get rid of him now. That relationship's shattered. Unless Phil Jackson all, all of a sudden resigns, you know, which I don't think happening. I, I think you need to do both personally, but that's, me talking as a not Nick fan about the organization. <laughs> I agree with you. I would do both myself. I would start all over if I was the Knicks. Get rid of Phil Jackson, get rid of Carmelo, and build around Porzingis and start it all over. Exactly. They're not far from having a full-on restart. All they got to do yes. is cut one job and trade another one. I agree. 100%. I agree. I mean, it's not like they even made... Uh, contention for the postseason where in the East there was nine teams that looked like they were all going to be in the postseason and obviously there's only one spot. You know, it's not even like there's yeah. a situation like that where it's like, hey, you know what? 
he's not going to win anything, but at least he can make it. It's not even like that. They, they are in the cellar the whole time. Yeah, they're not even making the playoffs, you know, and I'm sure him as a, as a player, he is again, you know, he's starting, he's in his 30s now and everything. He wants to compete for a title at some point. I mean, you know, and, you know, it's not happening with the Knicks. It's just not happening. Knicks are not contending the for Knicks a title in the next title few years. in 30 years, you know. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. It's going to be an interesting off season, to, to say the least. With the Knicks and the NBA, I think I think we're probably looking at another Cleveland Golden State final for a third straight year. So I think, I think uh, it needs to be that that way these teams can look can do what they've been wanting to do the whole time. Yeah, and that's what the NBA wants too. So you know, you know they want it for the ratings. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's because of all the superstars on these for the ratings, but at the same time, these are teams that are sweeping these other teams. You know, how how can this is the first time in NBA history that two separate teams went eight and zero to start the postseason? I know, I know, it's, we're watching, it's unreal, we're watching right? History right now. It's ridiculous. It really is. And it, it, listen, you're going to get great basketball watching it. That's one thing you're going to get. You're going to get entertained. You know, because you have a lot of stud top players, you know, in the league. So it, it'll be interesting. Obviously, LeBron's playing as great as, as he's ever played right now. I mean, it, he's, you know, one of the all-time greats. And, uh, you know, obviously with Golden State, you know, with uh, Curry, Durant, you know, and all that going on there. So it, it's it's going to be an entertaining series, to say the least. But let's see what happens in the next round first. Maybe the Spurs can give them a little tussle. Who knows? You know, Spurs got the experience. I've always said I, that there was going to be a team – to stop Golden State, it had to be the San Antonio Spurs. However, yeah. I don't know if that's the case anymore with the injury of Tony Parker, the injury to Kawhi Leonard. Well, Kawhi Leonard will come back. It's just, it's just, it's just another step. He's not 100 percent though. That's working. big. Yeah, I agree. It's it's, it's got to be a worry for them right now because he, you know, to win this series, you need Leonard at his best, and you know, have any chance, you know, so. We'll we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, they uh, can rely on Marcus Aldridge, Jamal. I think that should have been the focus from the beginning of the season, instead of rely. And I get Kawhi Leonard's a top five MVP candidate every single season, especially because he's been doing it for himself. He's always going to be the, one of the best defensive players. He's always going to be a top five offensive player. He's going to be always scoring twenty five points a season. Lamarcus Aldridge is the talent that San Antonio Spurs dwells on. He's 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 a Tim Duncan incarnate. And at one point, they were on the same team. So my thing is, Popovich knows how to coach power forwards better than anybody else. Popovich knows how to lead a team to the finals. And he knows how to coach egos, uh, players with ego, which which I hate to say, none of them have it. So, you know, Kawhi Leonard is known as the regular guy. He still drives the 97 car that he got when he was a kid and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supposed to be right. the, hum- the humble giant on the team that doesn't say much, but always does what he has. Popovich loves ca- characters like this, regular guys here to play NBA, NBA basketball. So my thing is he should be running with a Marcus Aldridge, have a Marcus Aldridge become this leader of this team and step up a little more. I mean, last night we were expecting him to step up a lot. And, you know, while he contributed heavily, that team, that win last night was – um, or excuse me, I believe it was last night. Was was won by a team effort. That was, there was no one man who outshined or quote unquote led the team to victory. That was a team 
effort that blown that blew out the rock. There was and completely guy, took Harden out of his game, right? They completely took Harden out of his game. Completely, Harden was not game, and they're thinking about giving down the fence him at home, something that no one has been able to do from game one to the end of the, their season. Yeah. I mean, Harden was an he's an MVP candidate, right up there with Westbrook. Even though I think Westbrook definitely should yeah, get the MVP. Yeah. You know, when you have when you average a triple double, you should get MVP. That's the bottom line. You know, but you know, I, I think uh, Harden Harden really was a disappointment the last two games in that series. I mean, it, that game five, he basically gave that game away with the, with with a couple of bad turnovers late in that game. And then, obviously, he barely showed up for game six. So, and, you know, like you said, you got to give the Spurs a lot of credit for that because they completely, you know, like you said, a total team effort. Yeah, completely. So, we'll see. It's going to be interesting for sure. But, Nick, I know you got to go, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go. But I want to thank you. All right, thank you, man, for much. the opportunity to come on the show today. Yeah, no, I want to thank you very much. You did a great job. It was a pleasure having you on. And you really, you really did a great job today. Very good analysis, thank baseball, and basketball that we talked. And anytime, you know, call in any week you want, any Saturday. I'm here every week. So feel free to call definitely. in and talk Mets, basketball, whatever you want, anytime. All right, man? Definitely. You'll definitely hear from me over the summer. Sounds good, man. And good luck to you, what you're doing and everything, with school and everything. Thank you okay? so much. Thank you so much. And I'll definitely speak to you soon. Thanks again. Great job today. For sure. Quick shout-out. Um, happy Mother's Day to everybody coming this Sunday. And uh, thank you, my uncle, for throwing me on this opportunity. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. Have, uh, have a good, have a good day, buddy. Show, Bye-bye. Thank you, man. Nick Russo, my contest winner, did a great job today. Unbelievable job. He really did. He was Unbelievable analysis in baseball and basketball today, and he has a bright future for himself in this in this uh, area for sure. And I wish him nothing but the best of luck. And I definitely hope to have him, and I'm sure we will have him on the show again in the future because he really did an unbelievable job. So thanks a lot, Nick, and best of luck to you. And like Nick just said, Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And also thanks to my man Anthony Chinchilli for for putting his name in and getting him on the show because he couldn't ask for a better contest winner. The kid did a great job today. I'm really proud of him. So you should, you guys should definitely be proud of him. And thanks a lot, Ant. So big shout-out to my man Anthony from Canarsie as well. All right, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, and then I'm going to come back and hit the phone lines again. And definitely want to – we're going to do some hockey about 12.15. I'm going to have uh, Mr. Berger and Gene Cherry on at 12.15. We're going to do some hockey. Talk Rangers, and uh, I want to. When I come back, I want to talk about the five-year anniversary of Totally Driven Entertainment, and the the launch of the Totally Driven Entertainment magazine. My man Bay Ragney, and uh, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to have Magic Mike on. So I'm going to take a quick commercial break and be back in two minutes. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. 
to keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your ghoul friend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Welcome back to the Mojo Sports Show. Mr. Mojo's back here. So I don't know what happened there for a second. I guess the commercial ended before I was ready to come back. That's probably what happened. But uh, thanks for hanging in there. And uh, it's been a great show so far with Nick Russo, the contestant winner who did an unbelievable job. And uh, very happy to have him on today. It was, it was really a great job. I look forward to having him on again in the future. And he, the kid has a bright future in this field. I can tell you that because he was, he was on real on point today. So, very uh very happy he won the contest and he was able to come on here and uh talk sports today. All right, so now I'm gonna bring on my man Magic Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up, Anthony? How's it going? How's it going, man? No, I was just listening to your show since ten o'clock. It's a really good show today. You know, uh, Nick Russo, very knowledgeable 
guy, and uh, you really did a good job. I, I, I think the uh, the trivia stuff should come again. I think you should do another one because it really it really fit today, you know? You're right. I, yeah. I, you know, maybe next week I'll do a trivia and give away something next week. I think it's a good idea. No, I meant for a co-host again. I mean, it, it, it fit. It works. You know, down the line you should do it again. Yeah, no, it did work. No, and I'll tell yeah, you, I put, somebody I else a chance. Give somebody else a chance, you know, to uh, – to co-host. I yeah. mean, it's a it's a great opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree. Thank you. Thanks for that. Because yeah, he I mean, we got a great he he did a great job today. He really had a great very round. good. Yeah, he did a great job, especially with the Met round table. That they sound like they're gonna cry. My God, get out the crying towels, baby. We're gonna be crying today. <laughs> oh, come on. Are we breaking TVs today? By the way, I was gonna ask Miss. Do me a favor. Ask Mister Burger. Uh, what do you call it? Say, Mike, Magic Mike wants to know if he's broken any TVs lately. Oh, baby, what happened? Oh. He, oh, he picked the, the Rangers in six last week, right? I think he was wrong on that one. Whew. Yeah, you're, you're nuts. Oh, I'm saying I so think what, he was wrong. You know, you know, but I'll tell you this, though. The Rangers beat themselves. That's all I got to yeah, tell they you. Yeah, they did. The Rangers they did. They gave beat it away. themselves. You're right. But Pittsburgh's got it. Pittsburgh's going all the way. It's Pittsburgh. That's it. Ottawa's just a flashy I agree with Pittsburgh. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh is just, uh, yeah, they're playing lights out. And and Ottawa's not playing that bad. Ottawa was really scrapping and fighting. I mean, they're not a bad team either. But it's going to be a fight. Um, But, yeah, so that's, that's crazy on that end. Yeah, that I heard. I was listening to that last week with Don Cherry. Don Cherry, his name is? Gene Cherry. Oh, Gene. Gene. Oh, yeah, I was listening to that, and uh, I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy that I, I enjoy that spot on the show. It's like comedy hour on there. When you, you guys talk about everything. You guys were talking about boxing. You guys were talking about UFC. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It really is. But, um... So uh, so anyway, you were talking about the Knicks and what's going on with yeah. the Knicks. And I tell you, if you're a Knicks fan like I am, I'm very disappointed in 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 the way things have been going with Carmelo and and um and the organization. You know, it's it's sad that you know they want Carmelo to trade his no trade clause, and they want him to go play for a contender because they know he's not happy. I mean. How could you be happy when you've been the guy? You've been the the man. You've been their 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 point scorer. You've been their top guy for all these years, and the Knicks hasn't done anything to improve their 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 way, except for bringing poor Zingas. You know, it's it's really sad. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think too. I think it has to do with listen, winning. Winning makes everybody happy. When you're not winning, nobody's happy, right? I mean, if the Knicks were a playoff team, nobody'd be upset. It's the fact that they haven't made the playoffs in a couple of years, but they made once in the last three or four years, right? And and they got knocked out in the first round. Yeah. But, you know, I I think you know to me, Phil Jackson's just as big as the problem as Carmelo Anthony. So I you know I don't think you know all the blame should just be on Carmelo Anthony here. No, you know? and that's just my opinion. No, I don't blame Carmelo anything for anything. I mean, if, if, if anything, we owe Carmelo everything. <laughs> Carmelo was the man. 
And I don't, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I will not dispute that argument. back on the map, Carmelo, right? What happened? I said he put the Knicks back on the map when they got him. Right? Oh, 100%. Really I mean, come on. You got a guy, you got a guy that, you got a guy that scores, you know, uh, he averages, I mean, come on. He, his averages, un- his averages are unbelievable. You know, 22-4 this year, they, you know, last year was 21-8. I mean, the Knicks don't have scores like that. 24, you know, and then, of course, he, you know, with the, uh, with the injuries and stuff, I mean, but I mean, since we got Carmelo, I mean, he's been really good for us. It's you know, since he left Denver, I mean, the guy really has taken off. And um, and I agree with you to some degree about Porzingis, but I don't think he's the man. I I I, I don't think I think we need more than that. I think it's going to take a team effort, and we also have to get guys that could defend too. I mean, that's a big yeah, uh, issue. They need a point you know. guard badly. They need, they need a yeah. franchise point guard. Badly. Well, here's what the Knicks are looking at. I know the Knicks are looking at – here's who the Knicks are looking at in the draft. They're looking at Fox, looking at Monk. They're looking at uh, Lorenzo Ball, uh, Josh Jackson. Um, they're, looking, they're also looking at that French guard, which I don't want them to go France again, French. And they're looking, um, at, they're looking at Frank. They're looking at Frank. And they're looking uh, at Dennis Smith. Yeah, him. They're looking at him. They're looking at um. They're looking at a lot of these these guys. So, I I uh I I think the Knicks should definitely. I think Phil Jackson should definitely do something, um. You know, in his uh, in his yeah. Prospect, I don't think I don't prospect. think I think he should stay away from the French point guard personally. I I, I yeah, for me too. I don't player. I don't think it would be in any interest. I mean, if anything, if anything, I want him to get Fox. I think Fox is really good, so. Yeah, I, I, personally, I, I like Smith. I, I think Dennis Smith's going to be a star player in the NBA. He yeah. has all the tools. If you watch him play, the guy had a few triple-doubles, which is very rare in college to get triple-doubles. And the guy had multiple triple-doubles this year. He blocked a lot of shots for uh, – he blocked a lot of shots for the yeah, Islanders. He's, he's a good Islanders defender. Goal. He's a good, really good yeah. defender. And he just has an all-around game. He can score. He can pass. He just has an all-around game. I, I, I like his game a lot. I mean, it's really, you got to see where they get slotted, right? I mean, you got to see. Maybe they get lucky and they move into the top three. You never know, you know? So you got to wait for the <laughs> yeah, lottery. I mean, uh, it, would be, it would be great. Then the, then the Knicks better not mess up that. The Knicks better not pick up, mess up that. Uh, if they get you know, in the top just, three. You know, like you pick, said, pick, you're right. Yeah, if they get in the top three, they better not pick the French point guard in the top three. I, can tell you that. <laughs> I would hope. Uh, I would hope not. It would be like 1999 all over again. I mean, you can't. You yeah. can't do that. Um, but no, you, you, you're, you're absolutely. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Mike. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. You know, let's talk. Let's talk for a second about. Uh, you know, the big event tonight, totally driven fifth year anniversary and the launching of the magazine, it's a big time for, for our network here, you know? Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, my hat's off to Bay, Ragney, and, and Jess, and, and everybody at Totally Driven Radio. And uh, it, it's amazing. You know, when I spoke to Bay uh, on my show last week, you know, Bay and I talked about tragedy. The heavy, the heavy, metal, the heavy metal version of the Bee Gees. I mean, that in itself is worth uh you know, to go out to the Whiskey Tango tonight. Yeah, Rachel Lauren, 
you know, it's a big night for Totally Driven, a 50-year anniversary. Obviously, we just launched a magazine, for those, for those of you who don't know, Totally Driven Entertainment has launched a magazine, which me and Magic Mike are involved in, with, us, with me with sports and him with wrestling. And, uh, you know, it's an exciting time. They're selling all over Philadelphia. These things are going like hotcakes out there. I can't wait for my copies to come, and I can distribute some out. It, it, it's a, it's a big time. This is really big time for us, right? Yeah, now. It, it is for our network, and especially all the talent that we have on the ra- you know the radio and the talent behind it. Like Bay Bay Ragney is really his expertise is unbelievable. I mean, you know, everybody was asking me about my expertise, and I can tell you where my expertise lies is right here in my mouth. I, I I'm not a writer. <laughs> I'm I'm a talker. And I'm a Skywalker, you know. I mean, but that's that's just how it is. I mean, I contribute. I like to contribute to this network, and I like to bring new ideas into it. But I tell you, this idea of promoting of promoting shows, man, it's it's it, it, it's a time of. I, I would tell you, if I if I had some time off, man, I'd be going to these shows myself because I I just for the for the for the money part of the value and what they're charging to get in the door to see all these bands and and not to mention hang out with Chubby Dobby. There you go. I mean, Chubby, you know, and I'm sure there'll be a, a cast of celebrities there tonight. So it 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 it's big. I mean, listen, for those of you who don't know, Bay Ragney, who runs our network, is you know former former wrestler Chubby Dudley of the Dudley Boys <laughs> back in the day. He was so, there before Devon Dudley was there. He was the Dudley boy before yeah, Devon. Yeah. He he was there when they brought Devon in with them, right? Yeah, he was. Yep, he definitely was. That's what I'm saying. So it, it it's ironic that people don't remember. There were so many Dudley boys, but you know what? When 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 he wrote me that day when we first started talking, he told me who he was. I was like, I know who Chubby Dudley is. You know, I was a big ECW guy, which ECW was the alternative. For those of you who don't know out there, ECW was the alternative to WWF and WCW. So, and 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 Paul Heyman was the man, was the genius that decided to to spice it up and change the way we looked at wrestling. And I and and for me personally, it gave a lot of the Philadelphia boys, including Bay, a good shot to 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 show up. And now that arena, the 2300 arena, notice the ECW arena is, is, will always be a shrine to Philadelphia. Yeah. I, I told Bay, when Bay was on my show, on my 50th show, and we were talking, I said I always loved when he used to come with his walk. Obviously, in, you know, not always in the WWF, but in other shows he did where he used to come out like ECW and throw potato chips to the crowd. I thought that was great. That's yeah, right. that, that was a classic. Yeah, that was that that in itself was uh that in itself was, was, was good because before before I met Bay, it's so funny when, when he used to do that, um the fat boys used to do that and I used to eat a hoagie. It was so funny, I used to do that and I used to eat a hoagie outside of the ring and I used to tease the fans. And um we we, we did the same thing, but Bay was the pioneer. And when I looked at the old videos I was like, Wow, we were doing something that Bay was doing only we didn't know it. Yeah, you know it's it's a it's it's it it, it was it, it was really it's it's a cool thing to do that. I mean, when you're a chubby Dudley or 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 whatever his gimmick is, that's not, not like you know that's something um 
that's something. I, I wish I wish Bay would come out of retirement so he could join our buffet club. We got a great buffet club going on, and I uh, what do you call? I I wish he could join the buffet club. He would be perfect for the club. Yeah, he would. Him and Magic together, Magic Biggie Biggs, uh, my, my my man Big Dan, and and uh, you know it's a it's a great it's it, it's it's a, it's a great I tell you though, but it's a great time to be a fan of Totally Driven Radio Entertainment. This this network is crazy. How, uh, you know, I mean, we're just we're just going on and on and on. We we have shows at the Whiskey Tango. We have Halloween shows coming up. We have so much stuff going on, and they. Is is the the captain of the ship? Him and him and Jeff are drive. Are, they're they're driving the ship, and we're in and we're in here, you know. And it's great. It's taking off. It's getting bigger and bigger every day. And you know, uh, you know, every like you said, we got so much talent on this network that there's so many great shows day to day on this network that you know people need to give you know definitely listen in, man. Is this you, you listen to the same old boring? stuff that's on the radio now or you could try something new and different and you know and yeah i mean i mean i agree i mean you you hit the nail on the head i mean on monday on monday nights we have the chris kelly and lillian 80s live tv where they talk about stuff from the 80s and they give you a, a perspective on what they were doing back then and and all the movies and they have some great you know guests on the show that come on um then of course big daddy's hard talk uh, you know, on Mondays, um, we, you know, with him and uh, Felicia Brown, they do a great job. They talk about about wrestling. They talk about politics. They talk about relationships. I mean, so far you have two two big ones, and then you have Mag- uh, Maverick. I was going to say Magic's Maverick's Comic Roundup. I mean, that's on tomorrow at nine o'clock in the morning on Sundays. I mean, he talks about comics, movies. I mean, this is a this is a, a, a what do you call it? this is a a, a great a great time, and then Totally Driven Radio with Nick and them, and then the Driven Rocks, and now we have some new Don't ones. Don't forget have... wrestling now and more with you, Magic yes, Yeah, well, I was getting to that last. Um, <laughs> Bareback Facts with uh, Dallas uh, Dolco, um, that's on our network, and uh, Horror Confidential, um, that's on our network. I mean, we have some great stuff. I mean, you guys have to check out... Um, to, if, if you want to, just, just all you have to do is go to TotallyDrivenTV.com, um, check it out. We're on Blog Talk, we're on Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, subscribe for free. Again, if it's free, it's for me. Uh, we're on the social media. I mean, this is a great time to, uh, this is a great time to be a fan of our network. And, and of course, your sports show, which, which is just not the same old sports show and, and, and what you want to talk about. Now you you make the people talk about anything they want to talk about. You don't you don't you're not like those other networks that say we have to talk about New York. You're not like that. No, we'll talk anything. I love talking about all sports. Man, I, I tell you, so I, I tell you and, and then and then of course you were saying about my show. And you know, my wrestling show is just not I, I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts out there. And I'm not talking about the professional ones. Because there are so many great professional ones, I love them all. But I listen to a, uh, I listen to a lot of independent ones, and they talk, they they trash ninety five percent of them trash the WWE, and some some of them they talk WWE. I talk everything. I talk WWE. I talk WCW. 
ECW. I talk uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I talk ROH, Ring of Honor. I talk the independents. I talk about everything because I think that, that as a wrestling fan, you need a buffet. Again, there's the word, the buff, a buffet, a buffet of, of um, topics and wrestling. And it all goes hand in hand, in hand you know? Now, listen, it, it, the, the, the shows out there, I listen to other radio shows like you, podcasts, sports. Some are really good. Some aren't. You know, but you can say the same thing about regular radio. Some shows are good, some aren't. You know, you have some hosts that want to just talk about certain things, like you said, and then there's certain hosts that, you know, you let your callers, you, you go with the flow of what your callers want to talk about. And to me, that's what I like to do. Obviously, yeah, I like to make my basis for the show. I like to, obviously, I key on some New York teams because I'm from New York, but I'm open yeah. to anything. Like, I'm willing, at any point in the show, if anybody wants to call, like before Chow called while we were talking baseball, we switched to basketball. That's, yeah, that's just Sal, what I like Sal to do. Just, I like to Sal roll just with switched. It. Sal just switched. Uh, Sal just switched right. Sal just switched right over, and he talks, starts talking about Boston. And I'm thinking to myself, that's going to be uh, that that series is going to be really good. I mean, uh, the end, the the game seven is going to be good. But again, it comes down to Boston better not choke because they're the ones that are in, were in the driver's seat. Now it looks like they got a game seven going on, and it could look like Washington, if they're not careful, Washington could take it. Yeah. But, no, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, ni- it's nice to, to know that, you know, you're, it's nice to know that your show caters to the fans, and like, like I said, you know, and it's a, and it's a really, that's what it's, it's a really good thing. Mike, but tonight, fans, yeah, tonight, the in, I don't have oh, a sorry, show. I'm saying without the listeners and the callers, I don't have a show. So that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, but but also without your knowledge, you don't have a show either. Your your sports of knowledge course. is uh, your sports knowledge is uh is outrageous. Also, by the way, I think Gary Cohen might be looking for a job after that comedy made last night about pepperoni piazza. Come on, my piazza. That was ridiculous. I, I can't believe he even said that. Great. Karen Renee Rivera to Mike Piazza. I couldn't nah, believe that I was there. That's, that's like that's that's like comparing that's like comparing somebody uh, to Chipper Jones. She can't do that. Chipper Jones, the greatest yeah, of all like time. Comparing, uh, no, yeah, kidding. it's like comparing uh, <laughs> Wilma Flores to Chipper Jones. That's what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, or uh, even Julio man, Jones to Chipper Jones. Man, man, I know you're out there, and I know you love Flores, but it's not Chipper Jones. No, 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 no. And uh, Pac-Man, if you're out there, I know you love Mike Magic Mike. So hello, buddy. No, yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you. I, I know exactly. Uh, I know exactly what you're saying there. I got you on that one. I mean, but, but you know what? Um, Joe, uh, Dudu Brown was on before, right? I heard him, and he was saying about yeah. baseball how it's a long season, and anything can can happen. Hey, let me ask you one thing. One thing I wanted to ask you: Are you surprised about Houston? Because that surprised me. No, actually, I knew Houston would be good. Actually, in my predictions, obviously, they're not all working out the way I had them because, obviously, the injuries to the Mets and some slow spots, but it is early in the year. But I did have Houston making the playoffs in my predictions. I I thought Houston, two years ago, they had a great year, you know, young team. Last year, they kind of had a disappointing year, but they added a couple of veterans like McCann and Beltran this year, and I think it really helped them. And, and they're really taking off. They got they really got a good young team, Houston. 
if this, yeah, if they, they they're, in, they're, in, they're in they're in they're in good shape. That's why when 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 I was watching them play the Braves over the week, um, even their their um, what do you call the announcers were saying. Who'd have thought? You know, who'd have thought about Houston? Because the way Houston was always in the basement, and now they're uh, they're coming out. But they're in first place. They're rocking it right now. If, if they could, if they could keep the pace, they'll be in first place, and they'll they'll take the division. So right now, I mean, right now it's early, but you never know. No, they look good right now. Yeah, it's early, like you said, but I like their chances this year. I think their uh, Texas has been a big disappointment too so far. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, I agree. But anyway, on. I was gonna, I was gonna say thank you for uh, having me on, and uh, you know, oh, I, I can't, I can't wait to listen to the, I can't wait to listen to the next segment. Bring them on, it's baby. Coming right Bring now. them on. Yeah, I'm coming now. I know you gotta. I know. I was just gonna say. I know you're gonna be listening to this Ranger, this hockey and Rangers segment right now. So. Oh, baby, tell them I said congratulations on that pick. I love their 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 wonderful insight picks. Tell them they did a great job. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about your man Tavares as well, see if we think he's going to stay with the Islanders past, you know, this contract. But we'll get into all that. But, Mike, thanks again, and happy Mother's Day to your mom, and, uh, you know, enjoy <laughs> your day tomorrow. Oh, well, I'm going to say happy Mother's Day to your beautiful wife, I'll say that. Thank Happy you. Mother's Day to Tony in Hazlitt, and and uh, and I want to also say keep up the good job to little Anthony because I've been following you, you know, on Facebook and I've been reading what you've been talking about about him and his in his uh, baseball team, and I'll c- congratulations on that, and also congratulations on this show being being such a great show, Anthony. It's been a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one. Enjoy your weekend. You too, buddy. You too. Magic Mike, talking all sports as always. Great job. And some totally driven, like we said, five-year anniversary party tonight in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, the Totally Driven magazine is out as well as Philadelphia selling selling like hotcakes out there. There's an article from me, Mr. Mojo, there. So it's, uh, you know, Great time, great time for Totally Driven Entertainment Network, and uh, and uh, you know just, just just big big you know not more you could say. And tonight, like I said, tonight big big event, the five year anniversary in, in Philadelphia. Rachel Lauren, Cream Circus, Dan Parcells, Bay Ragney, of course, in the Whiskey Tang Bar in Philadelphia. So it should be a big a big event tonight. So congratulations. Five years, Bay Ragney is doing an unbelievable job. Let's keep it going. All right, now we're gonna keep we're gonna bring in our hockey guys. We got Mr. Berger and my man Gene Cherry. What's going on, guys? Hello, 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 hello. Well, what a disappointing weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we should we could be talking about a Ranger series, but instead we're gonna be talking about what could have been, and you know, a tough. A tough end of the series. I mean, and where do we even start? I mean, I, I guess one of you guys, whoever wants to start off. I mean, how disappointed are you right now? Go ahead, Lenny. I'm not disappointed at all because uh, I didn't really expect much from the Rangers. I mean, you know, I, I, we all knew they weren't going to win the cup so I mean whether we got knocked out by Montreal or Ottawa or even made it past Ottawa and made it to the Pittsburgh series we were not going to the cup 
we were not winning the cup, and that was quite evident in, uh, <laughs> you, in the you first series of Montreal. You were still disappointed enough where I'm sure you were in your room for about a day and a half not talking to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, you're always disappointed when, when you know, you lose a series the way you lost a series, you know, by blowing, you know, you know, blowing one game completely out of the water when you're up by two goals. Two, two games. Uh, two, two games. games you know what? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's it's the the team needs. I wouldn't say a rebuild. It needs an overhaul. I I I think the team lacks a lot of uh, um, competitors on the team. You know, like you know, competitors like like Lundqvist, competitors like Zuccarello. You know, guys who actually go out there and give a hundred percent effort. I mean, look at Nash. I mean, Nash in the Montreal series was a completely different player than Nash was in Ottawa. Uh, Nash in, in the Ottawa series was back to being the old Nash again. You well, know, I think he, personally, as far as Nash, I'm sorry to, I think that he's hurt. He was hurt um, because they kept giving him maintenance days, so called. You know. I think that uh, after Montreal, serious. Okay, uh, uh, Gene, uh, uh, Eric Carlson played with two fractures in his in his fucking heel. So if you want to talk about hurt, okay, he was still the best player in the series with having two fractures in his right heel, and you could noticeably see that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the fluid skater that he normally is. And he still dominated. He was the best player in that series. See, I'm going back to the same thing we spoke about it through the year. You know, some people can tolerate pain better than others, you know. And I think that, you know, Nash is just not that type of a specimen that, you know, tolerate pain. But Nash wasn't the issue. He really wasn't, you know. And Lundqvist, I think, uh, with a subpar performance. I don't think he was at his game the entire year, you know. Uh, well, he put a subpar performance during the year, but I think he put a uh, I think he put a, sp- a spectacular performance during the playoffs. First of all, if it wasn't for Lundqvist, we would have never made it out of the Montreal series. And if it wasn't for Lundqvist, we, we probably would have been swept by Ottawa. Bottom so, line, I'm Lundqvist, Lundqvist, on that group. Lundqvist is the last guy that I'm pointing my finger at. Oh, I'm not pointing a finger at Lundqvist. I don't think it was. I think there's a lot of fingers to point. I don't think Lundqvist is one of them. But I know feel about the coaching in, in this of AZ. What's your feeling on him? Horrible, horrible. This guy does not know. He is clueless when it comes to in-game adjustments. Okay. When, uh, when, 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 uh, like, like me and Gene were talking, and we were down. This was last game, and we were down two nothing. I told Gene, uh, we were texting each other, and I was like, if I'm AV, I come out of this, I come out in the second period with completely different line combinations 
just to try to throw Ottawa, you know, just to confuse them a little bit, you know, and try to throw them off their game. The guy comes back with the same bullshit all the time, and it's already predictable. You know, the, the Rangers, you know, they, they, their their lines are, 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 they're predictable. Yeah, he may switch one guy from one line to another. I would have switched up the, I would have switched up the whole lineup. Confuse the shit out of Ottawa. And what about Stefan? I mean, this guy. Austin. I mean, they let Carlson just take over those last two games, especially. And did, by the way, in the beginning well, of the season. Did it, hold on, hold on. They didn't let him take over the two games. Carlson's the type of player who takes over a game. You can't stop him. You could only contain him. I know, but you can contain. Listen, if you play the right defense, you can contain guys. You know, teams you know, stop about defense. The thing is you with know, the defense, playing. you know, Girardi and Stahl, I mean, these guys are done. Yeah, they got to go. I agree. It's time to move on. But can they get rid of them? Can they dump those contracts? Well, they can't well, dump I both mean, of them, that's for sure. Well, look, I mean, the, the word um, the word on the street, I mean, the word is that Girardi's being bought out. That's almost like a definite. As far as Stahl is concerned, uh, from what I've been reading, that Stahl all of a sudden does have some value in the league. And if we retain a little bit of a salary and maybe throw in a different, uh, throw, throw in another player, that we could still get something back for him. And look at that. I mean, the power play was dismissal. I mean, it was disgusting. I mean, you know, it's like uh, Ottawa was like, all right, thank God we got his to kill. You yeah, know, because they can't, the they can't score. Yeah, they, they they just can't score. This perimeter thing, I mean, just getting really, you know, tired. I mean, do you see, do you see especially now, like you're saying, with, you know, to your point, that Shattenkirk's definitely going to be a big target in the offseason? To get him on that power play? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I don't know. I was, you know what? I think, you know, I was, this is something that Gene and I were talking about as well. I mean, I think with the emergence of of, uh, Brady Shea, you know, in the season that he had and the playoffs that he had, you know, I think I'd much rather, you know, not sign Shattenkirk for the money that he's been that, that he's going to be looking for. Uh, and, and it's maybe, not even the money; it's just the years. Also, don't forget the years, the money. And I think I'd rather much go for a, uh, a, a cheaper defenseman, more of a stay-at-home, hard nose you know, clear the crease out, get in your face, defensively responsible, because I think McDonough and Shea, as the two quarterbacks on the power play, I think we're fine. I think we I think we need more help up front than we do on the back end. I would just think end. if you get Shattenkirk, maybe you can make McDonough more of a stay-at-home guy and let him really but, key on defense. But why? But then you're 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 taking away one of his best aspects, which is you know being a puck mover and and his hockey IQ in the off in the offensive zone. But Lenny, let me ask you a question: How many? Uh, uh, look at how many times in the power play he misses the uh, you know uh, the shot. I mean, it goes wide. I mean, 
No, you're, you're thinking of Girardi. You're not thinking of McDonough. You're thinking of Girardi. No, I mean, I no, but McDonough don't put up a lot of points though. Like I'm talking about getting a point, a guy that can kind of get you some points on that power play. You know, consistently, I'm saying. I love McDonough. I think he's a great two way player. I think he's pretty good offensively. I just don't think he's that big time. Okay, look, Washington, Washington traded, Washington traded for Shattenkirk thinking that Shattenkirk was going to put him over the top. And clearly, uh, Washington has better forwards, uh, uh, a better group of forwards than the Rangers do. What the fuck did Shattenkirk, you know, what did he add to the, you know, uh, to to Washington's success? I personally think that the... Is really a veteran just can't can't play in the right. Right, he doesn't play well in playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, T.J. Oshie was there. Okay, player. so if Avechkin, so if Avechkin's not playing well, uh, is not doesn't play well in the playoffs. Who do we have on the Rangers as a forward who plays better than him in the playoffs? Considering that Ovechkin's a superstar player, though. We don't, Rangers don't have a superstar player. Rangers just got a good team, good players, but they don't have that Ovechkin type of guy, you know? And the problem is you don't trade for a guy like that. Nobody's going to give him to you. You have to draft someone like that, you know? You're not getting Ovechkin. You you know McDavid. All of these guys that he could be available and that the Rangers would be first in line. I was listening on the radio the other day. They were talking about it that the Rangers would have to give Creda. You know, obviously start the deal, but obviously a few players to get him. But Creda would be a guy, and you know, I don't know. Obviously, we have no idea if that would ever even happen because we don't know if Washington's actually going to ever do that. But I'm just saying, if Washington ever did make them available, I think the Rangers would go for him. Like, Lenny, me and you were talking about during the week, that's right up the Rangers alley, a name like that, right, to go after. Yeah, I mean, I would easily give up Kreider, Nash, and Brady Shea for Vetchkin because Nash has only one year left on his contract, so that he's coming off the books in Washington in one year. You know, the Kreider, you know, would fit their system, and Brady Shea, you know, we could, you know, if we do trade Brady Shea, then then we do sign Shattenkirk to replace him. Let me just ask you, hypothetically, would you do, like, would you include McDonough in, with Creator in a deal for Ovechkin uh, if it was available, like, if that's the only way you can get him? The, the only way I would include McDonough in that deal is if we sign Shattenkirk. If Shattenkirk yeah. was in, uh, well, yeah, you would have to replace in, him, obviously. Yeah, you would yeah. have to replace him. Yeah, because I mean, I the way I it's see like, it, we don't know. The way I, yeah, we would, the way uh, I see it right, going ahead. into next, the way I see it going into next season, the only three defensemen that I would want to keep on my roster is McDonough, McDonough, Shea, and Smith. The rest I would all, you know, and and this new Russian kid that we signed, but yet um, Beres Golov. And, uh, you know, we've yet to see, you know, what he's all about. I mean, from what I've read, you know, and everything that I've read from him, he sounds like a monster. But, uh, you know, you know, 
playing in the KHL, I mean, which is probably the second, you know, not probably the best, the second best league in the world besides the NHL, you know, still, you know, you got to see what he, you know, what he, you know, what he's going to do, especially, you know, coming in as a rookie. Even yeah, though he's been playing pro hockey. You know, it's right, but it's that. I'm sorry, I got you. No, no, uh, you know, KHL professional league, but it's different from NHL, which is different sheet of ice. I mean, this is the bottom line here. I mean, you're looking at the different size. You know, you're talking about Olympics here. Yeah, so, but look, uh, Radulov uh, had success in the KHL. He came over to the NHL and still had success in the NHL this season in Montreal as well. But Radulov yeah, so, played in the NHL already, you know, so he knows what he, the game. He, what did he do? He He's played as a experience. rookie maybe one or two seasons, you know what I mean? And the rest seasons? of his... Yeah, he played one or two seasons until he bolted. I'm not a big Radulov fan. I think he's. You know I understand he behaved this year because he wants to come back to America. I get it. But I don't know if you give this guy a long-term contract. He's gonna no, I don't him. give him a long-term contract. I give him a two-year contract. I give him a two-year contract because out of out of out of everyone on the ice. Uh, in the Montreal series, he showed the most passion and he showed the most drive out of uh, out of any Ranger or out of a- any Montreal uh, player. And yeah. I heard a stupid rumor, which is probably a dumb, dumb rumor, which is probably would never come true. What they're Packy? talking? Who? Passiari. No, does something step on around Glachanik? Okay. I don't see Montreal doing it. I don't I see Montreal doing, doing it either, but for some reason the Montreal brass is not too crazy about him. But then then again, we never saw P.K. Subban for Weber happening either, you know, uh, either. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. I'd, I'd give Stepan plus. Look at Nashville, Stepan, huh? Nashville. Look, Nashville, yeah. Look at uh, Stepan. He, I mean, did he even score a goal? Yeah, he had a shorthanded goal. But he was a big disappointment mm-hmm. this year in the postseason. Big disappointment. Uh, he's, he's, been been right? he's been pretty Girl. good in the postseason in the past, right? I mean, Stepan for them. Yeah, I mean he's had he's had good seasons in the past, but once again we're lacking. Once again, I keep repeating this every year: we're lacking the number one center. And give me a team that won a Stanley Cup without a true number one center. When was the last time, if ever, a team won a Stanley Cup without a true number one center? But Lenny, yeah, I gotta say, so far and few in between of these, you know, true number one centers. It's not like you know. They grow on trees. That's, no, that's I think that, that's what really Nash needs. Nash needs like a number one center to make him. I, I no, think Nash, 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 Nash doesn't I think need the reasons in Washington center. haven't made a good deal. So I think Nash would be really good alongside Baxter. I think he would do well with Baxter. Nash is the type of guy who can create his own chances. He doesn't need a good center. 
He doesn't need. He's not one of those players who needs a good center to set him up. Nash is a, is the type of player who can create his own chances when he's playing his game, which is a power game and driving to the net. When he's when he's soft, hanging around, have to do it consistently. You don't do it consistently. Yeah, exactly. Right? So. Exactly. So whether you have a good center or not, he still needs to play his game in order to be effective. He just can't hang around the perimeter waiting for that waiting for that saucer pass or that no look pass, you know, and 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 score those easy goals. It's another it was another failed move. Been real disappointed. I mean, the last I mean listen. Consider what we gave up. We gave up Dubinsky. We gave up two, and I forgot the third player that and uh, Antropos. And that, but yeah. we did get Brassad back in that deal, so let's not forget about that. Well, that's true. You know, who so, by the way uh, was killing us in the playoffs, no? What about the guy who had he had six goals against us in the series? What's his name? Pajot. Yeah, that killed us too. You know, that was a big that killed us. This series, they blew the series, guys. They they blew the series. They would have had that. They would have they would have better team. Well, obviously. Who cares? They blew the series, guys. We're like we're, we're talking about like oh, they blew the series and they had a chance to, they have a slight remote chance of beating Pittsburgh and maybe making it to the finals and then, you know, beating beating either Anaheim or uh, the Predators in the finals. It's not happening. We don't have enough competitors on the team. That's the bottom line. The only competitors that we have on the team is, I can name three, Zuccarello, McDonough, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Lunker. The rest of them are a bunch of, you know, I mean, where's Miller? You know, I'm, I'm getting sick of looking at his face. You know, I wish we would have made that trade Miller for Vatten when we had the opportunity. He's still young enough, though. You know, he could still come around. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I'm well, you know what? Nash was young enough also until he hit 30 and finally realized what he needed to do in order to be successful in the playoffs. You know, Miller's 24 years old. Are we going to wait another six years on Miller until he realizes what he needs to do in the playoffs? How many giveaways did this guy have in the Ottawa series, in the Montreal series? Giveaways, dead giveaways that even led to penalties because of his frustration after he did give the puck away. And he took a retaliatory penalty because of his frustration. Where are you, in the park or something? But he is he is one of the physical players that we, you know. Okay, physical players. Physical players don't put the puck in the net. Look, he had, like, what, what does he have, like 24 goals in the regular season? He had an outstanding regular season, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, fine, you had a you had an outstanding regular season. You know what I mean? What happens when it comes to crunch time? That's what it's all about. Young it's all about crunch it's time. It's really sad to, to kill him. Lenny, but he is 24, come on. Okay, he's not- 24. Okay, but he's 24. But I mean, I mean, the guy hasn't scored a goal in, 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 you know, in like 38 playoff games. 
I mean, we've been in the playoffs for the last four or five seasons and going late into the, you know, second and third and even the conference and even to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's a learning it's curve for this guy. I, I mean, yeah, I look, I, I, it, the bottom around other than him personally. I mean, look, if he's part of the package to get somebody, you know, that's really good, it is what it is, you know. I don't think we should give him just away. No, obviously you're not going to just give him away. But if if you could package him up with a, you know, with would a... You do you know, Krita, would... Mila, would you do Krita, Miller, Shea, and something else for Ovechkin? Listen. Yeah. Anthony, honestly, I would give anything for you. Me too. But, but at the end of the day, though, first of all, they're not doing it. They're going to resign him, guys. They're not going to let him. This is a franchise player right there. That's number one. Number two, I mean, what about his playoff performances, Avechkin? I mean, he wasn't exactly a dominant. Avechkin's uh, a point of, uh, point of game in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, throughout his career, Vichkin's a point of game in the playoffs. So let's not... But I don't know, see him I getting think, the game-winning goals. The problem is, is the, the monster called Crosby and Malkin that he just can't overcome those guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, just, they, me, they me, and were, me and Vadim were texting each other also. He's like, this guy, Vichkin, he's already in the world, uh, you know, World Cup. You know that that's that's what no, he, he didn't go. He didn't go. He didn't go this year. He oh, he didn't playing. Yeah, he's, he's got an injury. He's, he's gonna. He's got his injury. He wants to get his injury. You know, killed. He's not playing. He told us. He pulled out. Uh, he pulled Listen, out because he's probably too not disappointed not with the end of the playoffs again. He's gonna pretend he's hurt. Yeah. You know, the only problem guys, with the Vietnamese is. I mean, the guys, guys, you guys think Pittsburgh the only problem is, with the v- with trading again? Say it again. You guys think Pittsburgh's going to win this thing again? Win the whole thing again? Yeah, probably. Listen, until guys, trades are very nice. I get it, but at the end of the day, you know, until we get like a, I don't know, top five picks, which we're not really good with that. I don't see us getting any franchise players. Nobody trades these type of guys. I mean, what was the yeah. can pick? First overall? Malkin first it overall? Happens. It could happen, though, once in a while. It could happen, though. We've seen top players traded. You can unearth, yeah. But... Especially when they hit this age. I mean, they're not going to get traded at 25. But, you know, he's 31 now, right? So... You never know. Like, if they feel they can't go, they're never going to advance with him. They may look to do something. You just never know. We don't know how it's Washington's just, front office is thinking, you know? It's just, you know what it is? It's like it's going to be it, – it's beyond the team. Uh, it's going to be such an unpopular move if you trade that Yechkin. I just I don't know I, I don't I I don't know I don't with, 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 I I don't know if it's going to be such an uh, unpopular move with cap fans these days simply because of the disappointments that they've had for the last nine seasons. The only the, the only obstacle that I see in trading a Vichkin from the Capitals is uh, the owner Ted Le- Leonese 
you know, uh, he's going to lose a ton of marketing dollars. And, and well, and, that's you know, the thing. A lot of it is about money. You know, it's not just hockey; it's business. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. But maybe it's time for a change. Maybe it's time for a change of scenery. Maybe it's that time. No, I agree. Well, I think it could be that time. I just think it also depends with the fans what they get in return. Are they going to get something that's going to make the fans happy about trading him is going to be the key, right, as well. And, I mean, at the end of the day, will they really – improve hypothetically that let's say we trade Stepan, Skeji and who else you guys said? Kreider, let's say. Let's say Kreider, alright? Is it really going to improve their team? I mean... Well, I, I think it would. I mean, I think you get a guy like that in there. I mean, I, I you know, I, like you said, I think I don't think we could fit him in unless we move Nash, though, right? Salary-wise, I think it would be almost impossible. But we could move Nash because Nash only has one more season left. One more season, yeah. You know, at this point, and Washington this might stage, and Washington might look. He's in a contract year. We can get a, maybe get a big year out of him in one year playing with Backstrom, right? You, you never know, right? So yeah, yeah. Personally, I mean, they can't. They, they can't. They can't do any worse with Nash than they're doing with Ovechkin right now. I agree 100%. Plus, would probably be a better fit for the Rangers than a Vetchkin, if you really think of it, right? You know, to the sense getting that number one center, right? Who, Backstrom, you mean? Yeah, I said he would probably be even a better fit than a Vetchkin would be for the Rangers right now. No, he wouldn't because we don't have any finishers on the team. Yeah, we have a number one center. Who's who's putting the puck in? Who's putting the uh, the biscuit in the basket? No, yeah, but to your point of before, when you were saying we need a true number one center, you know, we have to get a number one center anyway, right? I mean, there's, there's Washington. Washington would trade Ovechkin before they traded Backstrom. I agree. I agree. I was just saying, as far as the better fit for the team, that's all. I agree. Washington will trade Ovechkin before they would trade Backstrom. I agree. Either the only center that I would keep on the Rangers is is, uh, is, is Z Zabanajad. The rest of them, Miller, Hayes, Stepan, as far as I'm concerned, trade all of them. I think Hayes improved though this year. Yeah, he improved, and he's still a one-dimensional fucking player. He doesn't use his body to his uh, to his size. I mean, I'm sorry. He doesn't use his size to his uh, to his advantage. The guy can't score a goal for shit. He has, uh, you know, if he does make any kind of this, you know, that same stupid turnaround move that he keeps making is already getting me sick. You know, it's like it's it, it's it's predictable already. It's already predictable. You know, but it, yeah, when, when listen. The, sometimes you have to be patient with the younger players. You know, it's just. Okay, okay, let's take VC uh let's take VC for instance, okay? Rookie season, I saw more out of VC this season than I have seen out of Miller and Hayes since they've been on the Rangers. VC is a keeper. He's a competitor. He's one of the guys that I forgot to mention, he's a competitor. He's a competitor. Lenny, but he's you know, he's got that, comp- in the he's same got that competitive force. 
that's what we're missing from the team. We're missing that competitive force, that hunger, that, that when the game is on the line, who's willing to sacrifice their body, their soul, their everything to do that little extra something to, to get that little extra something. And we don't have those guys. We have a handful of those guys, maybe a handful of those guys. Hank, Zook, I see that in VC. I see that in McDonough. You know, Girardi tries, but unfortunately Girardi's just declining. And Girardi, by the way, didn't have a bad playoff. Stahl had much worse. Stahl, Stahl had much worse, I agree. They have a lot of work to do. Uh, Listen, I don't know. From what I'm reading, from what I'm reading, you know, the the, the comments that Gordon's making, he's, uh, you know, you're going to see a, a completely different product on the ice next season than you than than you saw this season on on the ice. He's planning on making a lot of changes, a lot of changes. Listen, what he wants to do and what's going to transpire is two different things, you know. Like Nash, Look, he tried to trade Nash for the last two years. People offering like ridiculous things, you know. So he's like, you know what? I'm keeping Nash because it's just not. Well, we don't really know what we don't really know what what he tried to do and what was being offered. I mean, Gordon's the type of guy. He's a type, you know. He's he doesn't leak shit to the press. You know, he you know he's he's a tight lip type of GM. So you don't really know what was going on, other than the early rumors in the beginning of the season that Rangers and Anaheim were trying to get something done with the with a defenseman. All right, there's too much noise in the background. Tell somebody to be quiet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm leaving. I'm like, sorry, man. Where are you in the in the store? No, I'm in the kitchen with the kids who are hungry. Oh, okay. So I'm trying to cook. Anyway. Okay, get your well, priorities in order. <laughs> Um, well, anyway, so what do you guys think? I'm thinking Anaheim should be able to beat Nashville, no? I don't know. They should be able to I don't know. They had a big win last night, you know. I, I, I don't know. Nashville's playing really good right now. Yeah, Nashville's playing really good right now. Nashville seems to, you know, they're, they're, they're we need clicking. Who needs a goalie? Who needs a goalie next year? Well, I don't know. Bishop just signed with Dallas. Uh, so. Islanders. No, I'm Bishop saying signed with who with the Who needs a goalie? Peke Rene, baby. Who needs a goalie for a second? <laughs> yeah, Bishop Peke signed Rene. with the Leyland. Who? Bishop, you just said. He signed with LA? No, Bishop signed with Dallas. 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 Oh, he signed Five. with Dallas. Oh, boy. I'm Lenny, Lenny's been saying for years for Dallas to get a goalie. Mm. I don't know if it's a good fit. Let you don't know see. if it's a good fit. Uh, they have Lightning and Nemi. You don't think it's a good fit? I mean, it's better than them, but I don't think that Dallas uh, overall is a good team. Uh, I think Bishop will help, but I don't know. I think Dallas is a very good team overall. They have they have they have an outstanding offense. Their defense is not horrible. 
you know, you put a you put a goalie who could, uh, you know, uh, you know, steal a game, <laughs> steal a game for them or two, and you're looking at a completely different team. The only thing with Bishop is, will he, you know, can he stay healthy? You know, will he stay healthy? You know, because uh, you know, you know, two seasons ago, you know, the guy was a runner-up for uh, Vezina. Yeah, so, I'll tell you, it's you know, weird with goalies, though. Like, you have your great goalies, of course, across the league, but then you have your goalies that they come and go. Like, they'll have a couple of good years, and then they go, you know, and that's it. Just, you like, know? A, just like in football, like a quarterback, you know? Yeah, yeah, They'll have yeah. three, four good years. I mean, very few but that running back stay. Too, running back, too. Yeah, so... And look at Jonathan Quick. I mean, I don't, I'm surprised. I, I I thought that the lady signed Bishop. I mean, what's with Quick? I mean, those guys hurt all the time also. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, L.A. already started cleaning house. They, you know, they, they fired Suter, uh, Daryl Sutter. They fired the GM Lombardi. You know, they're, as far as upper management's concerned, they already cleaned that house. They're going to be looking to make moves in the off season because they got to start unloading. I mean, they just signed um, King to a two-year contract. Uh, uh, was it King? The one that they traded from to Montreal. No, yeah, yeah, no, not King. Was it Lewis? No, no, Pearson. I forgot who they. They just signed one of their key players for a two-year deal. But from what I'm reading, that you know that you know. LA, LA is right now is in pretty much like in the same position as the Rangers, like almost like everyone's available except like Dowdy. They're even talking about Toffoli being available. Which is stupid, I think. I mean, I just, think so you know. too. I think so too. But you know, I mean, I would love know. to have Toffoli. You know. So would I. I'd yeah. Give Miller, I'd give him Miller and Hayes for Toffoli. That's if they me. I have no problem so, with that. We need finishers. We need finishers. That's the bottom line. We need finishers. We do not have finishers. We do not know. We do. You know the the goals that are the goals that we score are the goals that we score on. You know, good executed plays. You know, but, Lenny, but the, have... the finishers are so few and far in between. You know what I mean? And, you like, know, we're paying okay, so then, a lot so of then go over. The, so then go overpay and get one. Go overpay and get one. Enough is enough already. You're playing right, the so same. We're Nash fuck... to finish, and, he, and he's not. Forget about Nash. Just, just forget about, just forget about that name, Nash. But he's supposed to be our best finisher. You know, he's okay, supposed to be our best well, goal scorer. Well, he's not. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And Miller and Miller's turning into Nash 2.0. She wishes to be Nash Miller, first of all, for now. I mean, maybe one day. I'm talking I mean, about. I'm, I'm talking about playoffs. I'm talking about playoffs. You're talking about playoff success. But it's he's 24 years old. You guys gotta give him a chance. I mean. This well, is I'm not, not. I'm not. I'm not. Lenny's more hard on him than me. I'm not really. Lenny's paying off on Miller. And I also the, like his overall game. The, the physicality, you know, he's willing to drop gloves. I mean, I don't know. When was the last time Miller dropped the gloves, bro? 
in this playoffs. What do you mean? Yeah, he dropped the gloves and grabbed onto the jersey and waited for the linesman to step in. <laughs> Come on. He was like young blood. He was like young, young blood. blood. Right, right, with the jersey, with the jersey. <laughs> and that's Rob Lowe. 50, what is yeah. he, 55 years old? He looks like he's 35. Huh? I think about I think I'd rather I think I'd rather re-sign Rob Lowe than uh, than have Miller on the team. Maybe he still remembers how to skate from Slapshot. I mean, not Slapshot, Youngblood. <laughs> Youngblood. Yeah. They could use Racky too on to be physical to start a fight. Well, we have Tanner Glass for that. Tanner Glass, Racky, uh, the last couple of games was pretty bad too. Well, yeah, he's like a he minus, he's a minus he five in the last two days. He's, he's yeah. a marginal player, this guy. You insert him in the lineup every now and then. He's not in the yeah, he's he a rejuvenated. Player. He rejuvenated us in game two and three. Okay, he was a big part he of did. that. He did. You know, but yeah, after did. that, it, but after that, it's the coach's decision to like, hey, am I going to still keep this guy in the lineup because I think he's going to continue doing what he's doing, or do I put more of a skilled guy like Bucevic back into the lineup because uh, we're not scoring goals and we're not we're not playing crisp hockey. We're not we're not you know we're not putting the biscuit in the basket. Well, Bucevic is not projected to be a goal scorer anyway. You know, he's more in the fold of like Kuznetsov, you know, from Washington. But you never know. You know. No, I mean, I think Butch could put up thirty goals in this league. From yeah. what I've seen, so, from what I've seen so far from him, from from the shot that he has, from his hockey IQ, from his shot selection, from and just his shot, he could easily be a thirty goal scorer in this league. But again, like you said, it's all about playoffs, you know. It's all about playoffs. I mean, granted, it's all about playoffs. But I mean, the kid was a rookie; he missed half the season due to injury. You know, you have you have a you have a moron for a coach. You know, and uh, you know all those things uh, combined together is a recipe for disaster. First and foremost, I think who needs to go is is the coach before you trade anyone. The guy, the, the guy just does not know how to manage a game in, you know, like in-game, like in, in a in-game. In he doesn't know how to adjust to an in-game situation. He gets, yeah. he gets yeah. out coached every single series by lesser coaches. By uh, not uh, not what I mean by lesser coaches, but what I mean by coaches who have less experience than him. I say bring Colin Campbell back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody out there listening, hang in there a few minutes. We're going to go a little past one. We're still, you know, talking. It's almost one o'clock. So just hang in there. We're going a little past one. Yeah. So, what would you be your one like? So, all right. Actually, first I want to ask you guys, what do you think? What do you think we're most likely to lose in this expansion draft? Ronta. Ronta. Yeah, Ronta, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He's affordable. They need a goalie. He's a solid goal. 
Some Ranger fans are crazy. I heard them call WFN this week saying trade one quick and let Ronta be the starting goalie. That's that's a wonderful idea. Yeah, I know. Those are the people (laughs) that, you know, you lose, they they point the fingers at everybody, you know. But I'll tell you, but I'll tell you, losing Ronta is going to hurt too, let me tell you. Talk about injuries. Lundqvist wasn't exactly the healthy specimen in the past few years either, you know. Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think with Alaire as our uh, as our uh, coach, uh, as our goalie coach, I think we if no matter who we bring up, who we bring in as a backup, uh, I I think I think he'll be fine. I think you know uh, Alaire is the best goaltending coach in the NHL. He is. I agree. I agree. So I think don't, regardless of who we bring in as a backup, I think uh, I think he'll. Teach him at least, you know, the basic fundamentals that you know he may not win game win games for us. But you know, if it's between losing Ronto or losing Fast, I'd rather lose Ronto than Fast. Just we do have also yeah. influx of young goalies coming. So yeah, we got that kid Sorokin, who's uh, who's. Dominated the NHL this season. Dominated the K. Uh, I'm sorry, the KHL this season. Dominated the KHL playoffs, and uh, he may not be coming over next season, but he's going to be coming over the following season. And he's one now. And now, as of right now, he's considered one of the top three prospect goalies in the world. Yeah, well, hopefully. Yeah, so they can take it. Obviously, Lundqvist yeah. is 35, so in a couple of years, you know, they're going to need somebody. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say bring him over quick, you know, sooner rather than later, so at least, you know. He can uh, adjust. Yeah. He can not only adjust, but he could, you know, you know, get some guidance. Learn from Lundqvist. From, from yeah, Hank. learn from Lundqvist. Yeah. So, yeah. I just think, I think he has, he's under contract for one more season, but I think there's a, think there's a buyout clause in that contract. I'm just not, from what I'm reading, I'm just not sure if he wants to come over this season or the following season. He probably wants to come over when they're almost ready to put him in where he can play, right? Well, yeah, at least he could play a backup role and and start 25 games a season. 25 games a season. Or at least throw him in the NHL so he can have a full season. Or throw him in the AHL, yeah. I agree. But let's not talk about you know let's let's talk about next season. You know what are we yeah, doing? Yeah, this next is season? this is the right. This is the least problems, the goalie thing. But I mean, look, uh, I prefer to buy out Stahl. But from what I hear, that they're buying out Girardi. Um, I don't know. Stahl has some trade value, baby. So. I think I'm telling you from what I've been reading around the NHL that uh, so, so all of a sudden there's been some interest in Stahl lately. You know, grant that he has a no movement clause, but it, you know, it's like, look, uh, you know, uh, it's either you're going to get traded or you're going to start riding the bus on the AHL. Bottom line. So what do you want to do? You know, I think if we package Stahl with a with a Hayes or a Stepan. Or Miller, I think we can get a decent player back. But we're gonna and maybe some of his salary. Yeah, we're gonna have to retain some of the salary, granted. 
but if we're going to give up, a, but but if we're giving up like a Hayes or Miller or Stepan, we may not need to retain any salary because we're also giving up a you know a good young player. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting off season to see what they're gonna do. Well, it's Obviously definitely gonna be an change. interesting off season. Simply, draft. Draft. Be, right. It's going to be very interesting be, be, simply because of the expansion draft and because of Vegas coming in. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be need to, you know, start shuffling players around and trading players so they can protect their, uh, you know, they can, you know, have their nine protections that, you know what I mean, that are not under the uh, entry-level contracts. Because entry level contracts are exempt from, uh, um, you know, from being picked by expansion. They definitely getting run to a hundred percent. If I was their GM, you know, I'm I'm taking run to the Calgary the Calgary Flames were very upset because they wanted to sign Bishop, and now they feel like they're going to be stuck with Flurry. Calgary, right? Flurry yeah. is his last year. But I don't think it's his last year, but I think he only has maybe like one year left or something like that. And I don't think uh, I don't think Vegas is going to pick. Uh, you know, obviously, if you were Vegas, you'd rather pick Ronta than you would rather pick Flurry, unless Flurry. I mean, even if Flurry does, you know, I mean, obviously they're not going to they're not going to take Flurry out and put Murray in at this point. You know what I mean? His contract is obscene, Flurry. What is he making? Like six, seven mil a year? Six seven mil a year, yeah, granted, but I don't I don't think there's too many years left on that contract. There may be there may be like two more years left on that contract, Max. He got that contract a long time ago. I think they I think he got that contract like the year after they won the cup. I mean, I could I could quickly uh, Google it. I'm just a little lazy right now. I think it's a little bit more than two years. I'll be honest. I'm just you know too, uh, they resigned him like three years ago or something, and they gave him like seven year. De- I mean, uh, but Flory, I'll tell you, he, look how well he's doing right now. I mean, he's like yeah. I mean, the, reg- the regular season he's a rub, but come the playoffs, the guy steps up. Thank God they had him. And now to talk about goalie injuries, uh, Murray also. Hurt every, like, in playoffs, he's hurt every year. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened with him this season. Obviously, he was a... It was a... Well, first it was a broken arm or leg. Or, uh, this, now it's too growing or something, I think. Doesn't seem like he's coming back, anyways. Guys, Flurry signed a four-year deal when he signed. So he has when he's right. So it ends so up probably... eighteen, but it's one more year on it. Ah, yeah. okay. So when he's right. And he's a five-point. And he's a five-point-seven million dollar hit to the cap. So he, has, he has two years left. He's not done yet. He does have two years left. Okay. Yeah, so Lenny was uh, yeah, five point seven is not that bad. It's not that bad. It's yeah, it's a four bad. year twenty four year twenty three million dollar contract he signed. 
5.75. Yeah, 5.75 is the hedge. And I guarantee you, Pittsburgh would love to get rid of him, too, you know, just to clear the space. Well, he's doing well for well, yeah, the playoffs. No, he is, but, you know, but they already they have, have the, the, they have the goalie of the future. Right, so they don't, yeah. yeah. So after this year, they have some good trade value, and they could probably trade him now for better than they could have last year, you know? Well, last year, he he bumped so badly that nobody wanted him. Exactly. Now he he pumped his trade value back up. No, he did, yeah. No, either. But who needs a goalie? I mean, Islanders can use one for sure. Yeah, the Islanders, Islanders could use one for sure. The rumor is the Islanders are going to offer Tavares ten million a year. Do you think he takes it? Twenty million a year? No, ten, 10 million. million. 10, ten million. This is not the NBA. Yeah, no, it's ten I million. I was going to say year. that's football money, right? I don't know what's going to happen with Tavares. To be quite honest with you, I mean, does he stick around and show loyalty, or does he just give up on the fact that you know? Uh, the management between, you know, uh, Mr. Computer Boy and Mr. Backup Goalie as a GM, I mean, how much trust is, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Lenny, it's all about money. They show him the money he stays. I think that's going to be the bottom. Bro, any team is going to show JT the money. Any team is going to show JT the money. But they're not going to let him get to that. They're going to offer him before. Mm-hmm. They're going to offer him before, granted, okay, so he'll take it, and oh, no, I'm saying he'll he'll have the option. It was just, It's basically the same thing as the Stamkos situation. You know, there was the Stamkos uh, sweepstakes where there were some teams that offered him more um, uh, than Tampa, but Stamkos felt that, as far as you know, a competing team and him having the ability to win a cup, he'd rather stay in Tampa because they have a better team. Guys, you know, we keep, keep forgetting. Does one JT thing. feel the same? Does JT feel the same? Does JT feel that by taking the the same money that another team would be offering him, does he feel that uh, he has a he has a good enough chance or a better chance or the same chance of 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 winning in uh, you know of winning on the Islanders, especially especially if the Islanders are in a mess right now, getting kicked out of Brooklyn. God knows where they're going to be playing next. I mean, there's a whole bunch of drama going on over there. Uh, the problem is uh, the problem is this. You know, we're looking at these players like chess pieces, but at the end of the day. Like Stamkos, for example. He lived in Tampa, what? Seven years already? Six years? Perhaps he has a wife already. I don't know if he's married or not, by the way. You know, maybe a girlfriend. To uproot yourself, that's also something that isn't in, in the consideration. You know, it's you're not right. Just... You're right. You, you, Gene, you're 100% right. When you're making $70,000, $80,000 a year, uprooting yourself is, is a difficult thing. When you're making $10 million a year, uprooting yourself and moving to a different city is, is a completely different animal. But also, that's why I look at kids. You have to have kids and stuff. Kids, kids in know, school, this, that. Family, you know what I'm you saying? Know. You're taking your kids out. You know, it's. Uh... Plus, listen, don't forget about the missus. Missus is already all right. You know, if you're making, like Lenny said, 
you know, whatever, $10 million a year. She's like, all right, so for the next $2 million, I'm going to go to Texas now? Yes. You know, because, because that's friend. part of the gig. Because when you married me, you knew I was a professional hockey player, and this was part of the gig, that I could be traded or I could leave or I could be uprooted and go to a different city. That's part of the job. Just it like is. a police officer. Just like but, a police officer, when he goes he out is, every day, there's a chance he there's a chance he may not come home. He's gonna move. So the what? So the one the woman who married him. But okay. <laughs> but look, well, I'm just giving you a comparison. The woman who marries a police officer or a fireman. That's not has, even close. Somebody dying and moving to a different city. But okay. Exactly. Point that's my point. But look. <laughs> but look. At the end of the day, she knows what you make. Your wife, for example, right? And she has all her friends, and she has her clique, you know, like a bunch of friends, and the kids are in school and this and that. So she's like, listen, $10 million is not enough for you? Really? We're going to do over extra $2 million? When you're already in that type of bracket. It's it's not always about the money, bro. Guys want to win, man. Guys want to win. And they're going to tell their wife, you know what, instead of joining Country Club ABC, you're going to join Country Club XYZ and you'll make new friends and the kids will get adjusted and everything is going to be fine. And after I retire, you know, after my career is over, if you want to go back to to your hometown and be with mommy and daddy, we can do that. By the way, Natalie said if I make $10 million, she'll have sex with me three times a day. Okay, there you go. Oh, she's yelling three and roll five, right? Uh, <laughs> $10 million a year is, 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 Listen, is a, a, a big, money. life changer. Yeah. yeah. You have a career, you know, for 10 years, that's $100 million. I mean, you're not spending that in your life. I mean, what are you going to do? Okay, you bought a home, another home, well, and another one, and a Lamborghini. Yeah, I mean, you know. Look at I mean, I know Johnny. They made over $100 million, and they broke now. So, you know. Well, you yeah, some people. Yeah, look at Johnny Yeah. It's too, but that's, you know, like, that's why in NFL, I hate to bring the other sport in. They have, like, yeah, counseling don't. for these guys, um, you know, to, to tell them how to manage the money. They tell them that cars is just metal, piece of metal, you, you know. Jewelry is just, you know, okay, you're buying yourself a $200,000 chain that is worth uh, 10000 once you take it out of okay, the store. Okay, but guys, guys, you can't compare hockey players to no, other. Yeah, what's football? Uh, because a majority, not the majority, but I'd say 95% of the hockey players come from very humble backgrounds. They come from Canadian farms, you know, European uh, family values. They don't value the same things as Americans do, which is these materialistic, uh, you know, you're never going to see, you're never going to see Lundquist ride into Madison Square Garden on, on, on horseback. Like like you know, like Cespedes? Like Cespedes. <laughs> you know, you're just not going to see that. These guys are. These guys have different upbringings. These guys have different values. They have different morals. They're very humble. You know, they're 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 humble guys. 
you know, yeah, you have a few, you know, you have a few, you know, you have the Sean Averys in the crowds, you know, the Rotten Apples here and there. You guys, you you, you have the guys with a little bit of flair, but 95% of the NHL, of the players, they're all humble guys, man. But that's why, and that's why it's easier for them not to move from a team that you've been with, you know, because they save their money anyway. And they don't want to uproot their family. And look, when these players get traded, they like freaking have tears in their eyes. You know, when they talk about, you know, my wife is still in New York or whatever, Anaheim, and, you know, I'm traveling and, you know, uh, I'm without my family and all of that. You know, listen, it takes a big part. You know, it's, it's listen, hard. It takes an, I'm not going to listen. Uh, it, it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment period. I'm not going to deny that. It is an adjustment period, but you know what? You easily get over it. Everyone adapts. Everyone adapts. It takes a year to adapt to a new city, to a new, you know, crowd, to a new school, to a new whatever. But we're not talking the average person who's making, you know, seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred thousand dollars a year. We're talking about millionaires. No, I know. No, you are hundred percent. But when you look, let's say you have a five-year-old kid, right? At look, five. Okay, it's a little turn. Let's say ten, right? And she has all of her friends in New York, for example. And you move them to Edmonton, you know, like, you know, the kids like, why, why are you doing this to me, Dad? You know, what's going? You're gonna explain to a kid I'm making extra two million. That's why I did. No, you know? you're gonna lie. You're gonna lie to them and say that we're doing it for a better <laughs> life. Because a five-year-old, you're not gonna be able to ration with. No, five, yeah, it's whatever, what friends does five-year-old have. But, yeah, you know, well, they're they, a little they bit... Gotta go, they got to go with their parents, though. There's no choice, you know. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, it's up to the husband and wife to make that decision together, you know. Plus, you know, uh, you're going to argue with your wife. She's like, you know what, we already make enough. And you're like, you know what, but I want to win. And then you don't have sex for the next year. I mean, that's also considerable. Anyway, so Rangers are done. Yeah, we're done. Rangers are done. Penguins are probably going to win again. We got an expansion draft, a draft, and a lot coming on free agency in in the next couple of months. So it should definitely. Be an interesting time for the NHL and for the Rangers. It's certainly going to be up. fun to see what what right what everybody does, and you know, and like Lenny said, it's not just the Rangers. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are looking to make changes. And by the way, uh, Philadelphia, I think, is going to make a lot of changes too. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think so too. I think because so they haven't been around the playoffs. They haven't seen the playoffs a <laughs> long oh, time. Yeah, look, 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 look for Giroud like, to that. possibly be traded. Look for Giroud How about this? I'll settle for Wade Simmons. What a terrible trade that was that L.A. did. L.A., yeah, that was. That was terrible. What did they get back anyway? Sharon, what did they get? Uh, yeah, I think they got back, uh, yeah, yeah, I think they got back Sheen. I don't know, that was a terrible trade. I mean, uh... 
But uh, their, look, look, look for possibly look for possibly to uh, for Giroud to be moved in the uh, in the off season in terms of Philadelphia is concerned. Well, he's gonna talk about centers. I mean, yeah, I would love to have him, but I mean, nah, I whatever. He's he's a smallish center, uh, whatever. I mean, I wouldn't mind him, but you know, I don't see the Flyers and the Rangers making a trade. Well, that's Was a different Mike story. Yeah. Was it Mike Richards in the trade? Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe it was Richards. It was yeah, Shannon maybe. Simmons. It was it was Shannon Simmons for Richards. What a What a robbery that was! Wow, what a robbery! Unbelievable! Unbelievable! And I always loved loved Simmons. You know, he's a, he's a, he's he's a real player. This guy. Yeah, he's he's. He's he's the real deal. He really is. He's the real deal. You know, it's funny. He even played better for Philadelphia than L.A. Well, yeah, this guy has like three thirty goal seasons in a row with a hundred pips. Well, don't forget that uh, you know L.A. He was just a rookie. I remember see. I remember watching him as a rookie, and I was like, oh wow, this 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 kid's got some talent. He's gonna he's he's gonna become something. He's a huge guy too. He's a monster. This guy. He's a monster. Yeah, he's a he's a five two player as they call it. He scores shorthanded. He's power play. He'll, he's not afraid to drop the mitts. He's uh, you know he's he's a, he's all around. I don't know what the label was thinking. They really needed Mike Richards. What, what was he? He became an alcoholic or something or. Yeah, he had some kind of drug or gambling problem or one of those uh, addictions or I don't know what the hell his issue was. Theo Fleury 2.0. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, we don't know because we don't know if Richard was uh, molested as a child. Maybe he'll come out with a book in five years. I'm sure he will. They all do. When they need money, they all come out with books. Yeah, <laughs> that is true, yes. Hey, Anthony, you hear Lenny Dykstra? You heard him on Howard Stern, this guy? Oh, he's all over the place now, Dykstra. He's trying to work his way back into the into into work here. Bro, he's he has not, no teeth. He has no teeth. He's out of his mind. I heard. I know somebody that did a charity softball event, and he was part of it. And they said he was so messed up he couldn't even hit a foul tip off a lob pitching. Jeez. That they went up to the pitcher and they said, just, just like give it to, let him just. We just want to see him swing and hit the ball. He was a mess. They said he was drunk. He was a mess. They said at the thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I saw a couple of years ago. I saw a couple of years ago a document, not a documentary, but like an expose on on uh, on Dykstra and. Supposedly he was he he became a very successful businessman. He owned like he opened up. What are you talking? He went to jail. Washes. He went to jail for that. Yeah, he went to. He molested. He, a, he, he had sex with an underage girl in one of his car washes. He like and he defrauded like uh, investors or something. It was like a crazy story. This guy did. I don't. Know, whatever. Oh, but now he's actually doing a little better now, and he's trying to work his way back in to get like an analyst job, baseball analyst job. He actually is a pretty good baseball analyst when you hear him talk. So he's trying to get involved somehow like that. He's, I guess he's trying, right? He's trying to do something for himself. But yeah, he had a. 
you know, he had a he definitely had a rough stretch in his life there where he had a lot of he got a lot of trouble. He's been trying to way, work his way back to you, babe. Yeah, he's trying to work his way back up. With the burn, the man they call the man they call nails on the ball club. Well, listen, he was a great player. I mean, he wasn't a regular. I'll be honest. I mean, he was one of my favorite players growing up. He was a clutch player. That's that's what yeah. that's yeah. That's what he the Rangers for the Mets, and then he took off on the Phillies, like really with power and stuff. But that's when he was on steroids and shit. But that's when he really took off. But he, he was really and clutch for the about Mets. Mets won eighty six World Series. He was huge for the Mets in eighty six. Well, that's, that's what, what the Rangers about. need. The Rangers, the Rangers need a Lenny Dykstra. Yeah, they need clutch. He's yeah. one thing nobody can say. The guy, the guy gave. The guy was clutch, and the guy gave his all. Every time he was on that field, he played 110%, that guy. I don't know. I, no, truly, no, he believe, I, tr- I truly believe we're going to see a completely different product on the ice next season than we did this season. I really do truly believe that. But, guys, yeah, well, it's going to hurt. Something. They need to shake up. Well, it's going to hurt, though. We're going to lose some valuable players. Good. But we got to see what they add. You're going to lose, but maybe you add stuff that makes you a better team, right? So that's, that's what we got to see. Exactly. We we gotta, we as, we are now, as we are now, we're just a playoff team that's not going to go past the second round pretty much. That's, that's it. That's it. You know what? And I'd rather not even make the playoffs and just get a better draft pick. I agree 100%. And they're they never really bad enough five to get that good yeah, and they're never really bad enough to get that good draft pick, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, yep. Yeah, and when they do get a top ten draft pick, they usually fuck it up and take uh, McElrath over Tarasenko. How about how about Pavel Brando? You like him? How's he doing? No, let's let's not go that far. Let's just let's look at <laughs> McElrath and Tarasenko. Well, look, let's look at McElrath and uh, Fowler. Disgusting. Who they who they, who they could both uh, had over. Uh, over McElrath. How about Hugh Jackson? Yeah. Uh, who, who who was left still in the draft? I think it was Getzloff, right? Uh, I'm not sure if it was Getzloff, but I know that it was somebody good. I know that. Oh, and they knew that, and they knew that Brandon couldn't skate, but yet they still took him. All right, very good. Yeah, and he also he was also an alcoholic who prided himself on on how many hot dogs he could eat per day. He should be in that hot dog contest on Fourth of July. He should. Hey, listen, maybe he'll beat out. Maybe, 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 he'll, maybe, maybe he'll beat out the seventy five seventy five pound Chinese kid. The best was Christian Dubé. That's my favorite player. And Ferraro Brothers. Oh, yeah. That three oh, yeah. was awesome. Hey, listen. You know, Hugh Jackman embraced his draft bust status, though, I heard. He embraced it, like, and made, like, something out of it. So that, yeah, well, good we, for we, him. We, we took him. I'll tell you who we took over him, who we took him over, okay, some guys. So, Dustin Brown, Glenn Seabrook, uh, Steve Bernier, Dax Parisi, Ryan Gessler, Brett Burns, Ryan Kessler. Mike Richards, Brian Boyle, Corey Perry, all those guys went in the first round after him. Okay, let's let let's just stop right there because I'm about to puke. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty sickening right there. Yeah. Oh, sickening is not even the word. 
See, that's the thing. All right, guys. Like if, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I just wanted to say, again, I hate to bring, you know, different sport. And look at, for example, New York Giants, right? Yeah, some years they're bad, some years they're better, you know. But these guys know what they're doing as an organization. You know, they win games, you know. Yeah. And it's, you know, I look at Jets. You know, I don't give them a first overall pick. They're going to pick Sanchez and, you know. Uh, it all starts, starts at the top, James. It all starts at the top. Absolutely. It's top Absolutely. leadership, smart leadership, you'll never win. Yeah, 100%. Look at the Knicks. Anyway, the guys. Knicks are a disaster. Knicks are oh, a disaster. Knicks, disaster. Disaster. You know, and they brought this uh, uh, Phil Jackson. Who, what is he oh. doing? What is this? Uh, they should be getting rid of him. That was the worst thing they ever did. He's killing them. He's going to be the worst. And now he said, Absolutely. he basically said yesterday again that they're trading Carmelo Anthony, so. Well, uh, he's a mess too with his personal life, something with his wife. I don't, you know, it's that's why you know when you pick a player or you trade for a player or you sign well, a player. Because fault, he went and knocked up a girl, another girl. I a hundred percent agree. But listen, you have to look in into all of these things when you sign a player or trade for him, because it's not yeah. just about you know. They just want the to sell skill. tickets. They don't care. They just want to sell tickets. Yeah, yeah, but guys, we don't have a lot of these problems that these other sports encounter. We don't encounter this in hockey. I mean, yeah, some guys come with attitudes, but like I said, 95% of the NHL players do not come with the baggage that these other sports come with. These other sports players well, come true. with. That's true. Lenny, another thing is, is that, you know, in hockey, they're more like tight-lipped, these guys. You know, we don't know. I mean, I tend to agree with you, but I don't know. You know? Bro, shit leaks out. I mean, look at Voinov on um, on L.A. The guy slapped his the guy slapped his uh, wife once, and uh, he was ousted from the NHL. Yeah. And you have that football player. What, what was his Listen, name? Clearly knocked shady. his wife we out in the elevator. How, we, we all know how shady the Russians are. Come on. What about uh, Karpatsev? Remember <laughs> this, this guy? What a George yeah, he was. Yeah. He was all yeah, in with Vodka. He was in Gambrino's every other night. <laughs> His blood type was Vodka. Hey, but he was a decent defenseman for us. So. He, well, when he was straight, yeah. yes, he was. <laughs> He was like a number four defenseman, absolutely. Yeah. He was a he was a function he was a functioning alcoholic. He was a functional alcoholic, yes. <laughs> All right guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks for coming on as always. And uh maybe next week we could do like uh you know, another playoffs look or maybe right before the Stanley Cup do a play a Stanley Cup preview or something. And also, you know, obviously talk more ranges. Absolutely. Well, Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's Thank you, man. Thanks. Always a pleasure to have you guys. You guys, you, guys are the, you guys are the best. Thank you. you. Got it, man. Thanks for Have a good day. Thank you, man. You too. Have a good weekend. Right. Happy Mother's Day. You too. Yeah. Is, wait, is Mother's Day today or tomorrow? Tomorrow. <laughs> oh, tomorrow. man. Okay.
<laughs> All right, dude. Just need, needed a quick reminder. <laughs> you still got time to go get caught. Yeah. Good All right, guys. Thank have you. a good one. Enjoy your weekend. You too. Thank you. Too, you. All right. Talk to you soon, guys. Again. Thank you. All right. All right. Mr. Berger and Gene Cherry, great job as always. Thank you, guys, as always, coming on, doing hockey. Great show today. I want to thank Nick Russo for coming on again. Great show. My co-host winner. He did an awesome job today. Very uh, happy. He did an awesome job. Look forward to him coming on again in the future. Great job, Mr. Berger and Gene Cherry. Thanks, Magic Mike, for coming on. Thank you. The Met Roundtable crew, at, at, uh, Alan and uh, Padman, and thanks to Sal for calling and Christine from Pine Bush. It was a great call. Joe Dudu Brown, great as always. For your analysis as well with baseball and uh, going to Mets and Yankees stuff. So great job, guys. Unbelievable show. I want to wish everybody happy Mother's Day. Hope everybody, all the ladies out there, all the moms out there, have a great day tomorrow. And uh, enjoy your weekend. I know it's a crappy day tomorrow. It's supposed to clear up by today, but it's supposed to clear up by tomorrow. So enjoy. Happy Mother's Day, and I'll be back next week. More Mojo Sports Show.